And remember that we are not descended from fearful men. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Five, four, three. The Kellen and Alex Show. Zero. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. The Kellen and Alex Show. The Kellen and Alex Show. The Kellen and Alex Show. Bridget, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And welcome to our YouTube video. We are doing video now. Um, Yeah, that's great. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm really excited. First one of the semester. Yep. Lean is off. Yeah. Yeah. That must be really interesting. We have a lot to talk about. (laughs) A lot has transpired. A lot has developed the past month. Yeah. Did you have a topic, by the way, before I hop into something? Okay. No. So I'm going to bring a topic in. Interesting. <laughs> just, it's just you... happening today. Yeah. So yeah. So Alex, before we started, this was like, Kellen, I'm not going to tell you anything. And so here we go. <clears throat> All right. So there is currently. So how do I preface this? Today is what's today? January 28th. 28th. Uh, over the past week, I think we've been experiencing one of the most consequential stock market things that's ever happened i heard basically. i heard I something about, about the stock market today my okay really i heard about it yesterday. most people have heard you know something about it right so there's a online forum on reddit i don't know if you guys use reddit the social media platform so the way it, it works is you have a community that's based around a particular topic so there's like uh, a meme subreddit dank memes different uh there's yeah, we use dang memes a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's r slash dang memes. Uh, place for news, all this type, different type of stuff. Now, there's a pl- uh, there's one called r slash stocks, r slash investing, and then there's r slash Wall Street bets, which literally everyone in the universe is talking about right now. Uh, and as the name suggests, they're all about Wall Street bets and mostly YOLOs. So people putting all their money in a single stock, which is extremely risky, um, and trying to make a lot of money. They call each other retards in there. They also call each other autist. Uh, uh, there's a running joke about I'm either going to make money or uh, I'm not going to say that joke. That's actually pretty bad. Uh, anyways, so their communities had their their thing for a while. People have been talking about them, but not so much. Now, they picked a particular stock, GameStop. Ooh, GameStop. Which was trading at like 3 or $4. And a lot of people thought they were going to go bankrupt because they had a lot of retail stores and you know a lot of inventory, but people are buying digital games now. They're not like going into GameStop as much. Well, a lot of people were short GameStop. And I guess I have to explain what shorting stock is. So normally, if you're going to try and make money in the stock market, you want to buy low and then sell high. So let's say you have a share of GameStop at $10. When you sell it to me, you don't think it's going to go up. You think it's going to continue to go down. You want to exit your position, your share on GameStop. So I buy it from you at $10. Now, if it hits $20 and I bought it for $10, I make the difference on each share that I have. Right. So if I buy one share, $10, $20, make $10. If I buy 100 shares at $10 and then sell it $20. $10,000. Right. So it goes from there. So it was like at 3 or $4. Now, short selling is the opposite of that. So what it is, is uh, you're, you, you, what you want to do, what you're doing is selling high, hoping to buy back low. What, what would be the point of that, though? Because isn't You want to make the difference. Uh, right? Okay. So, so, so basically what it is, is you have a share of, of GameStop. Now, what I do is I go to the brokerage and say, I think GameStop is higher than it should be. 
So I want to sell somebody's stock to somebody else in order to, and then later on when it goes down, I'll buy it back for a lower price and then I'll make the difference. Oh, okay. So you're, so you're, you're selling making... a stock you don't own. Ah, okay. And then the brokerage can come back at a diff- at a later date and you have to pay the difference. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I have to kind of, you sell high, this. buy low, right? Okay. Now let's say you sold a share of GameStop at $10 and it went to $20, Well, you're losing $10. <laughs> Let's say it goes to $500. Well, you're losing the difference between $500 and $10 on every share. So short selling puts you in a weird position, right? If you buy a stock at $10, then the worst amount, like um, you could, if it goes down to zero, that's the max you can lose is what you put in if you buy. Now, if you short sell, the max you can lose is infinity. If it's a naked short sell, it gets complicated, right? Because if you if you sold a stock and then let's say it skyrockets, then you're going to have to buy it at a higher price and it could go up and up and up and up. Well, and up. if you want it back, right? Well, if eventually you have to cover your position. Okay. If you have to buy the share back at a certain point. So if you sold it, okay. If you have a stock and you sell it low, but then it skyrockets, that means you're losing money, right? A lot of money. You're losing a lot. More money each time it goes up. Okay. Like- and it's a lot more money. But if you sell it for a high price, then explain that to me one more time. The high selling and then the low. So the low you gain. always want to buy low, sell high. Right. Right. It's the same formula except for you do it the opposite. Yeah. You sell high, try and buy low. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is if, you, if you've sold it low, but you have to buy it back high. Oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sense? You lost me at GameStop. I do not know so, what's happening. Yeah. Okay, we, we get that part, but one more. This is this is why it's part of my social experiment. This is hard. People <laughs> yeah, who no, aren't in it. It's hard to understand. It's the kind of buy and sell kind of relationship. Um, yeah. So if you have a stock and you sell it for high, then yeah. what is the advantage? Let's just put it this Where way. Where does the low come This in? is the stock. I currently own it. Okay. Now I want to sell it to you for $10. And at the, let's say Bridges the market at this point. So I, I sell to you. Now you own GameStop stock, okay? Now, as 10 days pass, and that cup is now worth $20. And I say, oh, shoot, I missed out on all those gains. So I sold it at 10. Um, And you say, oh, it's at $20. It's not going to go any higher. I want to sell. So you sell it back to me. I'll take the cup. I lose $10. No, you made $10. I lost $10. Right, but I sold it back to you, though. Yeah, at 20. Okay, at 20. Once it hits 20. Got it. Okay. Okay. Now, put it this way. I have the the share here, right? Uh, Bridget is the broker who's like holding onto the share for me. You come to Bridget and say, oh, I I noticed that you have like a lot of shares of GameStop. Let's just say you only have one at the time. I think GameStop's at an all-time high and it's going to go bankrupt. So what I want to do is short uh, the position. So... You are going to you are going to sell the stock to me at ten that I already that you don't possess that you don't own. You can already see it's a weird system, right? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's hard to understand. Now, yeah. this one share that you sold, eventually you're going to have to buy it at another price. This goes up to twenty dollars, and you go, oh shoot, I lost ten twenty uh, ten dollars. This could keep going up. 
oh no, I got to buy it back. You got to buy it back as soon. So but you bought it back until high. it keep you know before it keeps going higher and yep. higher and higher. So you lose ten dollars. Okay. Is that a little bit closer? No, not at all. Are you kidding? I th- I'm the worst possible guest for this. Like the second you say you say one number, my brain is like the Kel and Alex show. Yeah. <laughs> this is my social experiment to see if okay. I could actually like. No, I, absolutely I not. Oh, here's the thing. Say I it think, to people. Okay, so I okay, so let's look at the basics, right? I get the fact. Okay, so you have stock. Yeah. You okay? So you buy a stock. You put ten dollars in. You buy it for ten dollars. The worth goes up to 20. Okay, we get that. You make $10. Yes. Okay, that's simple. Mm-hmm. The part that I'm trying to understand is when you sell. Right. So you, the first thing we talked about was we bought it. You're selling a share you don't currently own. But you're basically writing a contract that says, I will have to buy this at some point. Okay, oh. so you don't buy it yet. Think of it but, as a contract. Oh, you're pre-buying without buying it at the second that you buy it. Yeah. Okay. Why? Let's put it this way. You're buying a contract that says you have to buy the stock back eventually at some price. But it, you're, it's up to you to determine when to buy it, right? Because uh, you already said you're going to buy it, but it's- That's what I don't know. Does the contract I'm, expire or something? This is where I don't know. <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay, but I think it sense. depends on the short seller, right? Yeah. It depends. Because I'm pretty sure a broker will charge interest explain, on explain short Explain the short selling again. So, right. So- um, and, and the reason why it's like, we're talking here and it's complex, I think is indicative of why it's a bad thing. Like yeah. this is leading yeah. up to why this is, I think a bad thing. Uh, Elon Musk just tweeted out about why it's a bad thing. A lot of people have been talking about this. And the reason this huge event that's taking place right now is happening is because of this short selling phenomenon. So mm. right now- It's going to get more complex as we go. Oh the, this is the easiest part of the equation. So right but it's now, hard to understand too. So but. right now, basically, this is, this is really interesting. I'm trying to catch on to this. So right now, basically, you're telling me that within the past week, there's been a new method introduced in the stock market. Wait. Yes, but coming around to that, yeah. Short selling's been around for a while, though. Yeah. Yeah. I know nothing of any of this, but it's from what I've read of it, the the only times I've been able to comprehend it, it's just seemed like gambling to me. It is, yeah. And, which it, is insane gambling. that the people- The stock market is gambling. That like institutionalized gambling that yeah. people make millions of dollars off of. Yep. Well, I mean, you know, if you- right. Well, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. You can. You know, it's not just like, you know, you're not at a casino and it's a chance or whatever. Like if you're smart and you look into companies- yeah. yeah. I mean, can you imagine? Just think about it. Somebody who back in the day invested in Bill Gates and Microsoft. Think about that. I mean, yeah. he started in his garage with a building a computer or whatever. Can you imagine a person putting like hordes of stock into that? Every well, single it's a month. Gamble. Every mean, single month yep. they get checks coming in, rolling in that you get just from that investment. Do they though? <clears throat> I thought that you just have the stock and it is worth a certain amount of money. No, you get money. I'm sure. Depends. Yeah. Because- yeah. So some stocks are are dividend paying, but yeah. a lot of the major like tech companies are not. So you're it's it's based on other people interest in the amount of share that that's there. Okay. So you issue all these shares and then the shares are occur uh, a particular price for ownership in the company and then it goes up by demand. So why is this a bad thing that we're talking about? Okay, short selling, right? So imagine if there was only just buying and selling. Companies that were good would go up because people say, I want to own more. Bridget, this may be like the last thing you want to talk about. <laughs> I'm trying, 
I'm still trying to understand the short selling. I'm, yeah, I'm, putting I, you through the, I'm putting you through the rigor of it as a social experiment to see how like well I can communicate this. I, I and would, also, like, I, I would think understand. it's really valuable to know. Okay. You would, could be the best teacher on earth and I would not listen. I, I cannot, <laughs> for the life of me, focus. Fine. I will Big try. families, guys. I'll walk in. This, okay, wait. This is a brief aside, but I have something I like to call board game syndrome, which mm. is when I'm learning a new game, I... I will go into it with the best of intentions. I will say, I'm going to listen to you, what you're going to tell me to do right now. I promise. And I will believe myself. And they can get three words in. And then suddenly, five minutes later, they've explained <laughs> the entire game. And I'm like, came up with a new concept for a for a movie. Like, I don't know. It's yeah. impossible for me. Okay. Explain <laughs> Maybe I'll put it like why it's, why it's worth knowing. So do you guys remember the 08 financial housing crisis stuff? Yes. Mm-hmm. Did that hurt either of your families or whatever wait, wait, ha- in any housing substantial crisis? way. No. Housing crisis? No. Yeah, the 2008 crash. The crash, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that yeah. caused millions of people to be out of jobs. It was, uh, and a lot of people got wiped out financially and uh, harmed a lot of people. And what we're seeing now is a lot of uh, people are referring back to that event because they realize that the financial institutions and the people who hold the money, the people who make the money, profited from the whole ordeal and the average American got screwed over. And I think part of it is, and what we're, what we're seeing with this current situation is uh, the public through the internet is becoming more informed about what's going on and is really pissed about it. Like really pissed about it. And and there's also a lot of lawmakers. There's uh, a lot of other people who are realizing that the corruption that's been going on in Wall Street has never really left us, even since 2008, and they still get away with stuff. And what's going on now is is the average Joe investor who's trying to stick it to big hedge funds and stuff like that. Because what those type of guys, they're not working the nine to fives, saving up all their life and retiring when they're 65. They're the ones who have so much, you know, cash and, and just uh, equities that they don't they don't have to really they don't have to work. They're just pushing money around. And um, if retail investors want to get in on that, get in on that game, then instead of just putting it in a 401k that they like wait on for forever. Yeah. Okay. That's why it's, it's, it's important. I think, you know, people are, it's, it definitely appeals to some people than others, which is fine. So but, why are people, why are, okay. Every, why so is I'll get to the saying, event. So yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> short selling. Let's just get right to it. I need a better uh, explanation of short selling. Yeah. Just keep in your mind, buy low, sell high. Okay, buy low, sell high. Okay, no, That's normal. Buy low, sell high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buy low, sell high. Yeah. Got it. What they do is sell high, buy low. That's what they're trying to do. Oh, so that, that just sounds immoral off the bat. Yeah, you're uh, selling yeah. something yeah. you don't have yeah. in order to buy it back at a later date when it's down. You're betting a company dies. Yeah. That's uh, like that's You like want betting- the company to get destroyed. Oh, wow. Right? Because if yeah. they go bankrupt, you make all your money from it. Oh, okay. I get it. All right. So but if is, you buy low, you're hoping the company succeeds. Is it immoral though? Because what it sounds like to me is just people assuming that a company is going to fail. They're not going to actively try to make it fail, right? I mean, would would you? Well, if you were short- If I were just a random consumer, then no. Are you talking about like big companies? Are they able to- well, we're so thinking- imagine this, you you are the manager of a billion dollars, which some of these guys are, right? You have a billion dollars in, in active, uh, under active management. You are so, uh, short 
a particular company $100 million. Let's say you really think this thing's going to go to the ground, so you stake $100 million on it. And, um, and you know, you're, you're beholden to your investors and you have all this stuff. Uh, if that stock goes up and that company succeeds, you could lose millions of dollars very rapidly, right. especially if it spikes ridiculously and the company's doing really well. What you want to happen is the company say, we're screwed, our, we have negative cash flow, everything's going in the toilet, we're firing all our employees, investors to pull out, and then you make money because your job as, as a, a hedge fund manager or a mutual fund manager or whatever you are is to make money for your investors. So if you're short $100 million of a stock, you want it to go down. You want the company to fail. That's why shorting is weird, right? Yeah, but you don't get any money though, do you? You're just getting the money back that you invested, right? Uh, you're Well, you're getting more than what you invested. That's what you're hoping. Right? Oh, okay. But if a company fails, then... You profit if you're shorting a stock. How how exactly do you profit though if a company fails? Do you have a question, Bridget? I I just don't get why. Okay, so you're assuming or you want a company to fail, right? Yes. But you can want something to happen, not it won't necessarily happen. I yeah, that's totally fair. Then what's the immorality of it? Why is it such a big deal? Okay, so we'll get maybe to the morality part of it, uh, maybe in a bit. But let's just say what this. Well, the immorality part would be you want a company to fail and you're putting money yeah, that's to not, make them that's fail. That's not a so good thing. So you could say that that maybe could be you know discussed on its own merits. But here's what it does. If it starts to go up and people and the people who are short the position realize, oh, shoot, this thing's going up. It starts at $10. It goes to $15. It goes to $20. And you think it could hit $100 before I can close my position and it might stay there. So if you're short $100 million, if it, if you close your position at $15 and you have, let's just say one share, you lose $5 on a $10 investment. So now you only have five. But if that thing goes up to $100 and you have to close, you're going to lose more money than you originally started with. Like if well, you have to close, so let's say it closes at $100, you are losing $90 on a $10 investment if it's a naked short. Which gets more complicated, but you're losing a lot of money. This is oh, what? Really, this is really complex. I remember learning about this senior year in <laughs> yeah. like government class. Me all too. These, all these different things about the stock market. I'm like, oh, this yeah. is so complex. I don't understand this. They have That's another. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, there, there's sorry. that movie. There's that one movie. I forget what it's called. That um, talks about the 2008 housing crisis. I think it is it the big, the big short? short. Yeah, no. and they it's so complicated that they like oh, have gosh. they just stop in the middle of it and explain what's happening, like. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting because it's it's just way over most people's heads so as you can see it's still way over my head and i've been like studying it and stuff and i buy anyways. high sell low and there's a lot about shorting a stock i don't know too and there's there's but that's kind of the general idea you're selling something you don't have elon musk actually just tweeted out today he's like you can't sell a house you don't own you can't sell a car you don't own <laughs> but you can sell a stock you don't own. oh which is like so yeah Anyways, that that's short selling. So hedge funds, uh, what are hedge funds again? Basically, <clears throat> let's say us three had a hundred million dollars each, which would be great. And yes, I do. You know, <laughs> Alex very profitable. The so. Alex show, baby. Yeah, the Patreon um, is really popping. Yeah, and then all three of us have a hundred million, and then John's the hedge fund manager. So John is managing three hundred million dollars worth of money, 
and he's trying to make that investment more. That's a general idea. That's a hedge fund manager. Okay. So it's multiple <laughs> multiple investors in one, like they put all their money together? Yeah, they together? put it together okay. under a manager and, and some type of, uh, yeah, some idea of what they want to invest in portfolio-wise. Okay. So so some hedge funds focus on shorting stocks. Uh, Melvin Capital is one of them. Citron Research is one of them. There's a lot of, uh, Warren Buffett actually stopped doing shorting with uh, Berkshire Hathaway and stuff. But um, yeah, so that some hedge funds focus on shorting stocks, others focus on tech companies, others focus on commodities, others focus on currency. There's all sorts of different ones you can do. So how did this whole situation start okay. coming up? Who, who introduced this whole idea to the stock market? Shorting? Shorting. I don't know. I don't know the history of it. it okay, so it's, it's, a weird, it's, it's a weird not thing. recent though. No, it's it's been around for a while. Yeah. So, but now it's just starting to make like a big scare. Well, whatever. well something let, let, happened. Yes. <laughs> so now we're going to get into a short squeeze. This, this <laughs> only... Comes, wait, wait, stop. Who comes up with these terms? I heard naked short and short, <laughs> short squeeze. squeeze. Yeah. <laughs> They're fun terms. Huh? They're fun terms. Yeah. Okay. Continue. <clears throat> so the idea with a short squeeze, if you buy low and sell high, you, you believe in the company. You want it to go up, right? And if you buy low... Uh, so let's say you buy high and it ends up crashing to the ground. Well, you can only lose so much. You can only lose whatever your initial investment was. You paid $100 for a stock. It goes bankrupt to zero, which could happen. You lose $100. But you don't lose $100,000, right? You only lose what you can put in. Short, Naked short selling, not covered by any type of hedge. Um, <laughs> that was an insane <laughs> sentence. I have to add these in because somebody who's like really knows what they're talking about, which is not me, would be like... Well, you got it. I like this. I like this. Okay. If you're Hand short... Hand me my water. I'm yeah. water doing this. This okay. is great. So it's not uh, covered by a hedge. Yes. A hedge is like... Yeah, I don't want to get... I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I don't want to get off the other... This is bad. We're getting better. We're getting better, right? If you're short a position, you could lose an infinite amount of money, possibly. Right? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I, I got it. Right, because you sold something you don't have, but you're <laughs> obligated to buy it back. Well, right. what if you okay. have to buy it back at $5 million, you know, just imaginary? Yeah. Right. So you have potential infinite losses. Now, you're not the only guy in town who's shorting a particular stock. There's a lot of people shorting a stock, right? In GameStop, okay, this is, this is let's, let's bring it to this last week. In GameStop, more shares were shorted of GameStop than people actually had in existence. How does that happen? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that must 144 percent of all the shares that existed were shorted stock. What? Meaning, there are let's say these imaginary contracts that these people have to buy back 144 percent of the stock in order to. Uh, if at a certain point, right? Because all those investors, Melvin Capital, Citron Research, uh, a lot of other ones. I, now that I'm thinking about it, this is going to be like three hours because there's so much to this. But <laughs> they were all short the stock 144% of what it was worth because they thought it was going to be bankrupt. And they all shorted it at different positions, right? Some shorted it at $15, some shorted it at $3. Right, okay. Uh, let's go back a year and a half. Wall Street bets, the Reddit forum. A lot of you, there was a user. Shout out to Deep Effing Value. That's his uh, 
<laughs> not censored version. That's his username on Reddit. Mid-2019, he said, hey, guys, uh, GameStop actually looks like it could be pretty profitable. And I think its current valuation of $3 is ridiculously low. And a lot of people are like, you're stupid, dude, whatever. And he's like, okay. So he put $50,000. Oh. He put 25000 in actual shares. Oh, no. That's another. We've got another topic. Options. Oh, no. <laughs> he bought, no. uh, options is like, if you thought short selling was hard, options is like 15 times harder. He put. I'll come back to it. He put another 25K in call options, which basically means if it goes up, you make a lot of money. That's all you need to know. Uh, so he put 25K in shares, but 25K in call options expiring in 2021. And he kind of sat on it. Nothing really happened. And then good news started to come for GameStop. Michael Burry, who you may remember from the 2008 financial crisis, who shorted the housing market, by the way, he shorted because uh, he knew it was going down or going to. He became a major shareholder in GameStop, like 12% shareholder. And people were like, really? Wait, Michael Burry thinks this is going to go up? Now, another guy, Ryan Cohen, who is the breakout CEO of Chewy, the dog food company, he also became like a a big shareholder in GameStop. And he announced that they were going to do some more changes and stuff. So the stock was like, oh, okay. And it started to go up a little bit. On Reddit, all these retail investors, so people who aren't like big hedge funds or institutions, they started to start talking about GameStop. Like, hey, this is a pretty good stock. Like, there's good evidence that this could be a lot bigger than it is. Why did they get, why did those guys get stock in it? Like, they thought it was going to go up so they could make money off of it, right? They, okay. Oh, they are you talking studied- Michael Burry? Yeah, oh, those cool. guys. Yeah. They just, they saw that, they thought that GameStop had, it has, it has a name brand. That people know. People know GameStop. Uh, there's also, they have tons of retail stores, which are physical items, and they already have it. They thought that the digital revolution, that all games are going to be just purely um, digital online, was overrated. Uh, they thought people would still go to stores. They also saw that GameStop could be like Best Buy, which does a lot of online sales and ships a lot of stuff out. And... Um, and they thought that a $3 valuation at like a billion dollar market capitalization was way low, yeah. way low. And so they they got in, they bought the shares. Wow. So Reddit, you have <clears throat> Deep Value who's investing. You have other guys who are, who are investing and they say, yeah, I think it's going to go up. Wall Street Bets grows. A lot more people are attending the subreddit and reading it. And so GameStop starts to go up because more... Average Joe investors are getting in it. Now, remember, there are 140% of the shares are shorted. Which means... Which means if it's going from $3 to $6 and you shorted it at $3, you just lost $3 on every share you shorted. Right. So the short sellers are starting to like sweat a little bit. Like, this is weird. Why why is this random Reddit forum (laughs) pumping this stock and why am I losing money? And they have to go back to their investors and say, well, we're losing money, but I think it'll go bankrupt eventually. That type of stuff, right? So Reddit continues to believe in the stock. Now, here's where the short squeeze comes in. Okay. Uh, Reddit knows that these users, these average Joe users who are using Robinhood, who are using Webull, they're using all these different brokerages. Um, they know if they can make these short sellers feel the heat, some of them might start covering their position. Now, what it means to cover their position or, or, or get, excuse me, not cover, exit their position. So if they're like, oh, shoot, these Reddit users are actually going to hold on to this thing. Like they're not going to sell 
this GameStop thing. They actually believe in it. Oh, shoot. Then they might say, I better get out now before uh, it goes up more. And so they start to exit the position. Now, the problem with that, if you have 140% of the shares shorted, that's a lot of covering you got to do. So that's where the short squeeze comes in. So let's say you're short GameStop um, by like 100 shares. So a lot of shares. And you exit your position. Well, you have to buy the stock. So that's going to drive the, the price up. So you're sitting over there shorting 100 stocks as well. You're Melvin Capital. Uh, Hedge Fund One just exited with $100 million in, in a share all at once. The price just went from $6 to 12 in an hour. Now you're sitting there with your 100 shares that you shorted at $3 and you're like, holy crap, it just went to $12. Yeah. I'm losing millions of dollars. You cover your, you you exit your position as well. Does that mean I sell? Exit your position, you sell. Okay. Sorry, you that sell. That means everybody, it's just dominoes. Everybody's going to start selling. And then I'm sitting here, <laughs> holy crap, it's at 22 now. <laughs> and I exit my position and now it's at 50. And then all the hedge fund managers start to do that. Oh and now gosh. it's at 100. GameStop went from $3 being traded a share to it hit $500 a share oh, over the course yeah. of a week. Oh, that's so crazy. And right now, okay, there's more to the story. So much more to the story. <laughs> uh, so that short selling covering is part of it. Another part of it is um, a, a gamma squeeze, which gets into options. Um, you're probably not going to understand options as well. <laughs> short selling is pretty hard enough. It's another derivative. What it is, is uh, you write a contract. Basically, instead of buying a stock or selling the stock, you're making a side bet with somebody else about the stock. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> wait, wait. So that's uh, actually just gambling. That's yeah, not sure. even... that. What's has the gain in that or the loss? Enormous gains or enormous losses. Oh, boy. So... What the heck? Options contracts. Uh, the effect of all this, you may not understand all of what it is. I don't, but the effect should be, this is weird. Derivatives are why the 08 housing crisis happened, but we can get mm -hmm. to that another time. In the derivative market, uh, let's say the stock's doing what it does. It's going up, it's going down, whatever. I come to Kellen and I say, hey, um, I really think this stock's going to go a lot up, but I don't want to invest in the stock. I want to make a side bet with you about the stock. Well, 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 at the moment, where's well? I don't understand. What's the gain in that though? If you're just betting off right. the side, you got to so do something you, with the stock. So, right? you sell me a contract that's a call option, and what that means is, I believe the stock's going to hit fifteen dollars by a specific date. You think the stock's not going to hit fifteen dollars by a specific date? If it goes above fifteen dollars by enough, let's say it goes to. Let's say it hits uh, $20. Well, you have to pay the difference of 100 shares between two, 20 and 15. That's what the, the call option is. Um, so, so what it is, is what you're saying is no matter if, if it's in the money. So if it goes above $15, I get to buy 100 shares from you of the stock for $15 if it's above it. And then you have to pay me the, the difference, right? So let's say the stock's at $20. So you sell me the contract and uh, you sell it to me for $100. And so I pay you $100 up front. And at the end of the week, 
So I bought a weekly call option. At the end of the week, it's at $10 still. It didn't go up to 15. You keep the $100 I gave you and I get nothing. Hmm. So I could lose $100 of my investment, right? Now let's say at the end of the week, it hits $15 exactly. Well, what's the difference between 15 and 15? It's the exact same, so it's zero. So you keep the $15. Let's say it hits $20 though. You have to pay the difference between 100, what would that be? So 200 and 150. Is that right? You'd have to pay the difference between those shares of 100 shares. That's a lot. Actually, no, it'd be two, it'd be 2,000. Sorry, it'd be 2,000 and 1,500. So that's $500. You would have to pay me $500 and I gave you 100 up front. But this money is circulating. Not This isn't even circulating in the stock market. This is just between uh, Between people? the writer of the contract and the buyer of the contract. Oh, what the heck? Mm-hmm. Now, that's weird. those contracts are written by market makers. And I don't know exactly... Well, yeah, the origin is a little bit difficult for me, but I, I know people write contracts and then they, they do that, right? So okay, the, the, so that that's, it's another derivative that's based on, you know, other stuff. It has an expiration date. So if it doesn't reach the price at the expiration date, then the contract expires worthless. If it goes up above it, it could infinitely, you can make tons and tons of gains, huge percentage gains. Yeah. So meaning if it hit a, so short selling, it's the difference between the the last price and the other one. Call option is times it by a hundred. Wow. So it's, it's even riskier. Now, how this applies to the story about GameStop, <laughs> we first have the short squeeze, which is when people have to cover. The gamma squeeze is when market makers, the ones who are um, writing the contracts out, if the price, if people are buying a lot of call options, and the price is driving up, then they realize they also need to cover their positions. So they also buy a ton and a ton and a ton and a ton, and that gamma squeeze, and that's towards the end of the week because most contracts expire on Friday. So that squeezes all the money out of the, the contract makers. <coughs> Bringing it back to GameStop, for us, those listeners who have uh, you know continued in our GameStop, our, our stock market lessons... <laughs> Yeah, I, I had to I had to cover this. So GameStop, the Reddit, the redditors, retail investors, people our age who are investing in this type of stuff, they're 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 a little bit of savings or people in their 30s or 40s. It's usually younger generation people, all pulled together and said, "We like it. We like GameStop." And they noticed that there were so many people who thought it was going to go bankrupt and had money on the other side. They all pulled together, kept buying, kept buying, kept buying, kept buying. They bought tons of call options. And then at the end of the week, the market makers were like, holy crap, these are in the money. There's a lot of them that are above what we had sold our contract for. We got to buy the stock back. They pushed the stock higher and it squeezed it and squeezed it and squeezed it. And then we had this huge day where it was at $500. And the people who initially like deep value post every day what his gains are, he started with $50,000 and he hit $30 million. What? Yes on long-dated call options that expired in the money and stock, right? And a lot of Wall Street bet people have made a lot of money on it being squeezed. Now, they made that money off of hedge fund managers who then are losing the money, right? So, so a guy put in 50000 
And got, he got the 30 million in a year and a half. 30 million dollars? Yeah. He he hasn't sold yet. This is where it gets to the evil stuff. If you didn't think that was evil before. So 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 it hit 500. All these hedge fund managers are short and they're exposed billions of dollars. They're going to owe billions of dollars if they close their positions. And all the redditors are saying we're not selling until they bleed. Like they made it personal. A lot yeah. of a lot of these redditors don't really care about the gains as much as they do as like sending a message. And all across the world, people have been hearing about GameStop short squeeze and they want to hop on. And so they're hopping on. People like Elon Musk and other people are at, are, are saying like they're they're supporting this because it's showing that retail investors are going to yeah give it to the man because the hedge fund managers are making tons of money shorting stock, causing companies to go into the ground. And a group of just regular people who are mostly kind of young are hopping in the game and trying to make them bleed for all of their corruption. That's the idea, right? Okay, so this is today's news. So this happened today. A lot of these hedge fund managers and these investment people, uh, they're in they're in the uh, yeah, they're in the crowd. They're in the uh, not in the crowd. How do I put this? They got friends in politics. They got friends in the big money. They got friends in the brokerages. They got friends everywhere. Robin Hood, which is a major brokerage <clears throat> and a number of brokers. It's called Robin Hood. It's called Robin Hood. Nice. Wow. Because they, they say they're for the retail investor. They, today, today, this is today's news, would not allow anyone to buy GameStop. They stopped it. And AMC and another of other stocks that were getting pumped. <laughs> That's illegal, isn't it? How how do they how are they allowed to do that? I don't know. There are lawsuits going on that just got filed today. This is today's news as of January twenty eighth. That, that they're gonna oh. lose. You can't do that. <clears throat> so Unless GameStop some... hit four hundred dollars, and then today it started about three eighty. Robinhood and most brokers that people have wouldn't allow GameStop to be bought. They would only allow it to be sold. How the heck, how are they allowed to do that? I don't know. How do they this control? Is, this is today's news. I have no idea how they do that. Do you think it's some sort of inside corruption that nobody knows about? There's America for you, folks. <laughs> got an American flag. This is a pertinent time. <laughs> Hashtag corruption. Now with Joe Biden, it's going to be even worse, people. Great, great going, America. Great job. So there meaning, two American, sorry, there are two American flags are, in here. There are. There are. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so bad. So they wouldn't allow anyone to buy. So buy retail, stock, right? Yes. Retail investors couldn't do it. Now, what the hedge funds did with this now new opportunity. So, right, they're exposed billions of dollars. They're worried about going under, which they should, right? If they didn't change the rules of the game completely, they would have. What they did is they called up all the brokers and said, do this for us. I don't know if there's going to be, you know, we'll, we'll figure out what, what it was that made the brokers do this. They're coming up with some elaborate story about it. But what happened is hedge fund managers, so people could only sell. So what the hedge fund managers would do is they coordinated with each other, the short sellers. And what they would do is place huge sell orders and they would sell the stock at lower prices to each other. Now, what that does when they sell it short, uh, they sell the stock to each other back and forth and buy it back at lower and lower prices, it drives the price down. So they kept doing that 
hoping, you know, all those people who had invested their life savings into GameStop at, at $300 because they thought this thing's just going to keep going. They only had a sell button on their phone or on their computer. They didn't have Whoa. a buy button. They only had a sell button. So what they were hoping is these hedge funds would go back and forth and sell it and people would be looking like, oh, sh- oh it's, it's going down. I invested at $300 and now it's at $250. Oh, oh my gosh, it's at $225. Sell. And they lo- they sell for a $75 loss a share, you know, lose thousands of dollars. That's what they were hoping. Now, they're selling the, the shares to each other, right, to drive the price down at lower parts and they're agreeing to sell it back to each other. They're doing it to market manipulate, to make people sell. Scared. <clears throat> that's just, that's, well, it's okay. unlawful. And if who, if people, well, how'd they do this? They go to a federal court, right? If, it's crazy. if it's something this yes. bad, it'll go to the Supreme Court. So let me, so, and, and all these people this morning woke up and had positions in GameStop because it's been going up and uh, maybe they wanted to buy more. And I think, you know, there's been tons of attention given to the stock and people want to be a part of it. They want to continue to squeeze the stock because there's more squeeze that could happen. More gamma squeeze. They wouldn't allow any more options buying. They wouldn't allow anything else. Friday's a big day because the gamma squeeze could happen on Fridays, right? With options. So this happens. Robinhood does it. All these brokers do it. Uh, let me name the people who have called this out on Twitter, at least I know on Twitter, who have called this out and said, this is illegal. This is bad. First one I knew, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, came out oh, in like three boy. different tweets. Ted Cruz sent a tweet, said, I agree with what AOC is saying. Although she sent back to him, yeah, well, try not to murder me three weeks ago. Uh, going back to the Capitol stuff. She, she went very gung-ho about it. Uh, Elon Musk has come out and said, this is short shorts are bad. Uh, uh, who else? Um, Barstool sports guy, which is really uh, what the heck? Ben Shapiro. Um, what's her last name? Tlaib. Um, other huge hedge fund managers and whatever else. It's, it's a big deal. Like, and there's going to be a lot of investigations. There's going to be a lot of interest and it says who knows where GameStop's going to go at this point. It says class action lawsuit filed against Robin hood. Yep. Okay. So they, for the outrage and restricting stock and restricting buying, restricting so, buying. Yeah. How is the stock going to go up if you can't buy? Yeah. What's, what is the CEO of GameStop said about all of this? That's oh, so interesting nothing, to me. Really. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, what, what is he going to say? That's just insane to be at the center of, like out of nowhere. True. Yeah. Yeah. Market manipulation. Um, yeah. So, huh. Yeah, this is scary. It's but. it's scary stuff, right? So why did so I, I forgot to say, and then at the lowest point of the day a particular hedge fund or whoever else could exit their position for a loss, but it's not a bankrupting loss, right? Now, I'm, I think, and most people think that it's going to continue to rise after this as more retail investors, if they're allowed to buy the stock again, which is just like so absurd Yeah, that something could be a publicly traded company and brokers could collectively stop people from buying it. Are you still not able to buy it right now? Nope, not right now. Nope. Robin I mean, it's after market hours, so you can't buy it now. Oh, but yeah. a lot of people had placed orders when market opened at 930 that they would be able to get shares. Robinhood canceled all their orders. 
didn't go through. Robinhood purposefully, willfully, and knowingly removing the stock GME from its trading platform in the midst of an unprecedented stock rise, thereby deprived retail investors of the ability to invest in the open market and manipulating the open market. Yeah, somebody, someone explained to me why that's legal, allowed, whatever. And they did it so the guys who actually have millions of dollars, not you know the guys who have like 3K in the bank, 5K in the bank, they're hurting from it. And the hedge fund managers get to exit with no, no cost. Well, that's messed up. The company opposed yep. <laughs> the stock trading restrictions Thursday, citing recent volatility. Recent volatility? What does that mean? They're like, we know better than yeah. you know Wall Street bets what type of risk they should be able to take. The company so said stupid. in a blog post it will only allow users to close out their positions in these stocks, which include GameStop, AMC, Bed Bath and Beyond, yep. and Nokia. <laughs> Nokia. Invest in Bed yeah, Bath no- and Beyond. Nokia and, so and funny. Blackberry too, which is really funny. That's really? hilarious. I AOC's stock, tweet was Yeah, the stock surge for short sellers who were betting against the stock to buy shares to hedge their positions. Yep. Sending the stock soaring even higher. Dude, this is weird. That's, that's crazy. Redditors band together. Yeah, I mean that's uh, what it is. So uh, they they have all these terms. One of them's diamond hands. Diamond hands oh means my gosh. you never you never sell, you know. Uh paper hands is you sell and uh, all these other, you know, whatever. They all call each other retards. And I've been following the subreddit for like a year and a half and just kind of casually seeing what they're doing and whatever else. And this is their their moment in in the sun. Uh, mostly because, yeah, they now have 5 million people have joined the sub, subreddit. 5 million. Yeah. 5 million. They, they had wow. 2.5 million have joined since the GameStop stuff. Elon Musk uh, also tweeted out Wall Street bets. And more people are joining it. It's the it's the talk of it's the talk of Reddit. It's the talk of social media at the moment. And um, it's insane. And it's just so clear corruption at just an enormous level on money. And uh, yeah, that's why I think this is this is going to be. It's not going to be at the 08 level because this this isn't going to destroy the housing market and cause lots of people to be you know GameStop's not going to do that. But it's a big deal, and I think we're seeing. Yeah. What were those Robin Hood people thinking when they did that? Those restrictions. I don't know. What were they? Th- they I mean, obviously, what's the point? Because they're going to people are going to come in like hornets and just like scorch them with um, lawsuits. But think about how much they stopped already just in one day. Yeah. Because yep. this was huge a huge momentum. Because there were so many people that were going to buy today because everything got crazy yesterday. I think Globally. it spiked yesterday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It went up pre-market. It was up something like 200, 300%. Wow. Insane. That's just crazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now everyone on Reddit, the, the common thread is hold until it hits a thousand, a thousand dollars a share. Well, and some people are saying that's too low. It should be 5,000 a share. Oh my gosh. There was a really, uh, a really big, a billionaire guy who went on to uh Indian guy. He's kind of young. He's a, he's a young guy. He made tons of money. Oh, I think I, I saw his, it. Yeah. I saw a photo of him. Oh, did you? Yeah. He has, what's, he curly what's his hair? last name? I, I can't remember his name. I think he has curly hair. Yeah. Indian fellow. And he, he went on, um, on CNBC and he, he said he bought a hundred and sorry, $150,000 worth of call options 
and the stock went ridiculously high and he made $500,000 and he donated all to charity. Nice. And he went on and talked about Wall Street bets in the Reddit community. And he said he was very sympathetic with what they were doing. And he said for a lot of them, and I, th- I, th- I agree with the sentiment. Is that him? Uh, I think it might be. Yeah. It might have been when he had more hair. <laughs> Longer hair. He said, these these aren't just stupid investors. A lot of these people are young people who have a lot of college debt, who or who are just trying to, you know, get by in life and realize that, you know, jobs are are harder to find, that people who grew up in the, the 70s or grew up in the 60s, 70s, 80s or whatever had, were able to get a house a lot easier, like inflation, how the stock market's been going since, and it's just harder for the younger generation to make, to make money. And so they, they do things like, okay, I don't have responsibility. I'm like 25, 30, whatever. I'm going to YOLO my 5k into ridiculous call options that are going to expire in two months and we'll see what happens. We, we believe in the stock and they go on this Reddit forum. They say why they're doing this, why they think it's a good trade. Other people agree with it. They go and buy the stock or they buy call options. The people who are short the stock are like, where's all this money coming from? And there's a squeeze. And then when they start losing money, not not the Reddit guys, when the hedge fund managers actually start losing money and aren't just winning against retail investors, they change the the rules of the game and screw people over. So messed up. That's so messed up. (laughs) That is so messed up. That is bad. That's really bad. That's it's all personal gain. It's all about how much can I get get. Yeah, that's that's disgusting. <laughs> I mean, how do, at that you know, at this point, we're like, how do we even talk about it? It's just like it's just bad. There's it's, there's nothing yeah, to really say, and that's why you can see people like Republican and Democrat who are and notice notice the people you're not seeing right now, uh, Biden and I think Elizabeth Kamala. Warren is actually uh, not pro this but pro the hedge funds and stuff. It's just like because those people are deep in the you know established money, mm-hmm. so. All of this is tied together with established political, established money. Uh, if you really want to understand the, the thrust of the like, make America great again, I think you have to understand stock market stuff as well. Because we are so invested in China and China invested in the US that we really form one major political economic unit. It really isn't like the US of A. It's like the US of A in China, this big thing. Trump started to step in it, and that's why he got everyone against him, because he was getting in between them and their money. Yep. And our politics are becoming more like China, and China's is moving away from more Mao Zedong stuff to U.S.-ish stuff, right? So, you know, anyways. So uh, the average guy is, you know, the average Redditor or whatever, now 5 million Wall Street bettors, which is really funny because... They still call each other retards and autists and talk about their uh, their wife's boyfriend that, that, you know, all this type of stuff. Um, shout out, Wall Street Bets. So anyways, yeah, maybe initial thoughts on that. That was my long story. That's now the stock market event of today. I know it's kind of, this is kind of deep financial stuff, but. Why am I not surprised in any of this? Why it's am insane. I, why am I just kind of like. Yeah, America is going to do something like this. Of course, it's corrupt. Of course, this is easy to do. I mean, that's kind of my thought right now. Because, yeah. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? It's interesting. This never 
could have possibly happened without the internet. Like yeah. nothing like this could have happened mm-hmm. because there was no way for people to communicate about stuff like this. Yeah. I don't, I don't communicate, know. pull together. It's like an, it's, it's our generation's thing too. Like us and up to maybe like 35 or something like that. Right. Of people coming into what current America is realizing that. And I think the 2008 financial crisis is where this kind of like, I read a Reddit post that really kind of shook me. Um, this guy posted and he said, this is personal for me. And he, he, he said, I remember growing up and the 2008 financial crisis hit and it really hit his family. And he said for basically about a year, they were living off of like, he said they had a little food stored up, but that was it. Like living off of pancake mix and, you know, like really cheap foods and they couldn't do anything. They almost lost their house. And he said his aunt lost her house and had to move in with them. And he said, he, <laughs> oh my gosh. He said, um, I wonder if these guys ever, re- uh, I wonder if these guys have ever had, uh, had tomato soup made out of, um, uh, cafeteria ketchup packets. Whoa. Oh, and I, oh man, it killed me. So, and That's, yeah. here's the thing with those, uh, 2008 big funds. They didn't lose money. They got bailed out. So the rest of the U.S. it got hit hard, right? The they average American out. they got bailed out. How does that happen? How do they just get bailed out? Evil. I don't know. <laughs> Greed. <clears throat> you know the idea is they're too big to fail, and and you the U.S. established society needs these people to push money around to keep everything churning production. Okay, you've been following this clearly for what, a year and a half? Just about, yeah. Yeah. I I always wonder about the morality of putting so much, I guess, stock in the stock market. Like what centering your life around that, do you think that's mm-hmm. something that is morally correct to do? I think that it's morally risky. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good way to put uh, um, it. Morally risky. <laughs> Extremely morally risky. <laughs> Extremely. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's a good idea um, to do that, obviously. I have a proposal. I've always wanted to do this. Okay. My sister, Isabella, got scammed once, like on the internet, like 500 bucks. She got taken away. And I... This is never going to happen, but it's just an idea. What if we created like a special unit, like in the United States government that would secretly hunt down scammers and people that did this? Like, seriously. <laughs> Wait, when you say hunt down, do you mean like? I mean, like literally track online where they think these scams are coming from and like go in there and like <laughs> do damage to these people, like beat the crap out of them, then put them in jail. Okay. Here's yes. the thing. <laughs> What if we had, listen, America, this might work. What if we had some sort of government agency that was like an anti-scamming, but it was completely secret. Nobody knew like top secret stuff because huge thing in America now is corruption. And if we had like some sort of, uh, unit, secret unit to take out corruption, like I know that's hard to do and it seems impossible. Think about how cool that would be though, because think about like, well, what, what if you're profiting from the corruption? Uh, like and, and people in the government you need you, mean? you need those type of let's say established well, scammers. You won't you won't profit if you find the origin and take it out. So there are so there's the FBI and there's the SEC, the Security Exchange Commission. The SEC is actually not a government. 
it's a weird, it's not a governmental direct entity. It's a regulatory committee, but they're supposedly supposed to um, regulate the stock market and investigate stuff. If it's a directly criminal thing, the FBI gets involved. Right, they have an economic, and you can go to jail for fraud and for all sorts of other stuff and fines and that type of thing. I think scammers should be put in prison for the rest of their life. I would have no mercy with any scammers. Well, would you? I would have no mercy people, at all. Okay. Do you want the people who shut down Robinhood if they found out there was a number of hedge funds doing this? Would you want them to be investigated and put in jail for what they did? I would. Whoever was in that corruption and whoever made sure that people couldn't buy stock. I think that I would have no mercy for any of those people and put, I wouldn't put them in prison for the rest of their life because you're endangering everybody else. Think about that guy that you said that was living off of ketchup cafeteria packets. Like so many of these idiots that are in these high, high positions like hedge fund, hedge fund managers or whatever, all these guys, they don't know what it's like to be poor. All they know is money. Like if I, if we actually, found out who let's say like these scammers were who these people were that did all this corruption if we found out who they were and actually found them where they were i would if i was in charge of however that works i would say you're in prison for the rest of your life no mercy we're feeding you maybe once a day oh my i would gosh. go i would be i would be so severe on those people <laughs> and just i would have packets. i would have no i would just give just catch catch a bag i would have no mer- i have no mercy for scammers and no mercy for anybody like that i would say yeah we're gonna beat the crap out of you first and then we're gonna put you in prison because what you do is so wrong to all these other people you have no idea what it's like for a family to be starving and then you know they have that and you just take it away from them and they're completely gone like Let's put you in their position and see how you like it. Yeah. There's so much corruption. People just don't know what it's like to be poor and what it's like to have, like to have literally have nothing. Like, I think all of us here, we obviously we're not poor, right? But we at least have something. There's a lot of people out there that have nothing. And then they're wondering, oh, I wonder what the other half is like. I wonder what the other 50% is of these people that are billionaires millionaires that are rich can do whatever they want buy cars anywhere buy houses like and if they do risky things and then lose they're going to be fine they'll have yeah. some capital left over yeah that's a good point <clears throat> they'll be fine but if if you risk your last ten thousand dollars oh well that's a risky investment and if that goes away who's gonna who's gonna save you off of that right yeah it's funny money immorality is kind of hard to it's when I think about it, like when people would talk about stock market corruption, it's really easy for that to sound not that important. But then when you think about the ketchup packet guy, like if you go down, down, down to the like smallest levels to the people it's actually affecting, it's a quality of life issue. Like these people could die basically of malnutrition because these businessmen want an extra car. Here's the thing is people don't think about it until it starts affecting them. And then when it starts affecting them, it's already too late. They should have been thinking about it way before, right? 2008 came, wiped everybody out, and big money kept going. I mean, COVID has been part of that too. Yeah. Um, Oh, no. We don't have to get into – if you think this corruption is bad, the COVID corruption liquidating the markets and stuff has been 
almost equally as bad. I believe it. Small businesses are just going to not exist anymore. And Amazon's getting the most money possible from all of this. Amazon is profiting. Oh my gosh. Amazon is profiting so much off of this pandemic. Amazon. Everybody's buying from Amazon. Amazon. The owners of Amazon are like. "Mm." Apple. Tesla. Yeah. Big tech. Google. Which is all China. Like they heavily depend on China for everything too. Right. So. That's going to be another bad thing with Biden's presidency is that they're going to go right to China. They're going to be like, okay, we're going to kneel down before you so we can make everything cheaper. It's like Trump worked four years to bring companies back here and to actually have like serious companies in the United States and manufacturing and all these different things to have those to have that here. And like, is that your new phone? Yeah, it is. I like the the clone on there. Oh, thanks. Very, that that was my dad's fun. old phone. Is that? I, I get the hand-me-downs. <laughs> is that? Uh, that's an iPhone, right? Yeah. <clears throat> what is that? Shot on iPhone. Apple Shot supported. On. China supported. China. Made in China. Yeah, you Design, can't complain about Apple and like that's true. you have Design a in Mac. California. Yeah. Design in California. Yeah, don't what remind kind of phone me. Do you have, what? What kind of phone do you have? An iPhone. <gasps> no. I know. I know. And I was just gonna talk about how I. I think an. August or before August, I stopped buying things from Amazon. I just stopped. And I, first of all, it's actually been way easier than I thought it is. It, or I thought it was going to be. Um, I've been trying to buy from smaller companies. It's hard. Which is hard. It's It's really challenging. I, I just, I actually broke my Amazon, my Amazon fast um, just a couple days ago because I had to buy a book for class that wasn't anywhere else. And Amazon ships in literally one day. It has gotten yeah. so fast, which is so frustrating day. because it Other it was cheaper. Put, yeah. It was cheaper and it took less time. Yeah. And they yeah. build these like enormous <laughs> warehouses. Yeah. Yeah, they're huge. They look like a, I don't know. Like yeah. a, they're like a modern evil <laughs> castle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like true. They have, it's like, they have all dun, dun, this dun. inventory in there. And yeah, you can do, you have Amazon Prime or whatever, you just whatever, Amazon, you can order it and come there in the same day. And it's cheap. You look at other places, like for example, I really love Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble for books. I love that. I have such good memories of Barnes and Noble. I'd rather go there if I could than Amazon because I like to go to places and actually hand them the money and like buy the stuff. Right. Instead of just going on Amazon, click, 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 and then it's all there. It's just like, first of all, it's more fun. I like going out anyways. But like, you know, you have to be. Lately, I've seen a lot of people stop supporting certain companies because of their values. And that's a good thing. That's mm-hmm. a really good thing. Um, which I think is, you know, almost like a, a revolt in society. Yeah. You know? in terms of buying and things like that. But um, yeah, the whole thing with the Robin hood and that whole, you know, the stock market that, that actually irritates me a little bit because that's just wrong on so many level levels. People getting really screwed over. This is an ongoing story. <laughs> we, we don't know how this, this story ends. Yeah. It could, it could be tomorrow and the hedge funds that didn't exit now skyrocket and it's a $5,000 stock. It could go back to $10 and all the retail investors lose all their money. No one knows what's going to happen. There could be, there's a class action lawsuit already in New York against Robin Hood. So anyone's a GameStop shareholder may be able to get some money off the lawsuit. I don't know. It's just, 
And uh, uh, what what Wall Street Bets has done and what the individual investor who's like our age, whatever, <clears throat> young people have done through through the internet, through these forums, through memes, memes is a huge part of this equation, is just show what corruption's there in the market and exposing it for everyone to see. Yeah. And I think that's that's immensely valuable. And they're playing the exact same game that the short sellers are, and they're just doing it in the opposite, and they're squeezing all the money out of them. And it's personal for a lot of people, right? Um, and a lot of them are like, you know, what's the difference between five thousand and fifty thousand dollars for them? It's like they'll hold. You know, if they if they're gonna put their money into it, they'll hold and wait until, you know, their personal vendettas <clears throat> taken care of. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the two thousand eight crisis is like probably about ten x more complicated than what's going on right now. So. But that's a whole different story about the housing market. Just watch the big short. Yeah. Even then you have to watch it like three or four times before you get what that big is. Short. I haven't seen that movie. It's really good. There's a lot of like really great actors in it. It's very well directed. Uh, yeah. That's collateralized debt obligations, mortgage backed securities and um, tranches and all this type of stuff. And it gets complex. It basically just seemed, on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It basically just seemed like insurance fraud. That's what I could understand from it. I mean, it was yeah. like, the companies were the ones doing the fraud, though. I don't know. It was so weird. Right. Ooh, it's gonna test my knowledge on it. So credit credit default swaps. Credit default swaps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh man, it's been a while since I actually tried to explain it, but it's so mortgages had always been going up because people always buy houses in the United States, and people have been buying more and more houses, and they pay their mortgages. So investment companies had, well, excuse me, banks had all these uh, mortgages that they were doing. Now, they're, with a fractional reserve system, a bank only has to keep, uh, can loan out, uh, they only have to keep on reserve one-tenth of what they can loan out. So if you're a bank and you have a billion dollars, you can actually loan out, uh, no, it's 10%. 10%? Yeah. If you have a hundred, sorry, if you have one billion dollars, you can actually loan out. Uh, what would that be? If you if you have ten billion dollars, you can loan out ninety billion. Dang. Right? So Jeez. actually, by the way, if you're a bank now, you don't have to have anything in reserve. You can actually loan out more than you. It's actually a zero reserve. That just happened last year. That that's into twenty twenty corruption. Uh, so fractional reserve. So meaning. Uh, yeah, you could loan out. So all these people have these mortgages. And uh, so let's say you get a, you want to get a million dollar home. And so you have to pay back your payments each month until you pay off the whole loan. And there's a percent of interest on that. So you're trying to pay the interest and pay, you know, onwards, right? So the bank has all these mortgages. They're treating that as actual cash. So they're expecting you, the person who bought the million dollar house, to continue paying the interest and pay back the loan at some point. So they see it as a security or something that can be sellable. So what they did is they said, oh, well, mortgages are always paid and there's a rating given to it. There's a bond rating. And so we're going to sell this to other people who want to get in on the mortgage. And so they made mortgage-backed securities 
with all these different ratings. And as long as people don't default on their loan, then uh, then they'll make money off of it, right? So they started selling mortgage-backed securities to other banks who wanted to get in on the housing market. And they all started selling them to each other. And uh, basically, the mortgages were overrated. And uh, so people defaulted because they bought million-dollar houses that they couldn't afford. And the banks were encouraging them to buy more and more expensive houses because they were making bank off of it. And uh, and yeah, it all crashed at once, meaning the mortgages failed and got defaulted. And there were, remember the options I was telling you about? That you're not actually betting on the stock, you're betting on whatever. Mm -hmm. People had billions of dollars in derivatives that that they had bet on the housing market because no one thought the housing market was going to fail. People buy homes and they always pay their mortgages. Well, a lot of people couldn't pay their mortgages all at once because the banks had been too greedy. And then the derivative market was so elaborate and big and so many people were betting that the housing market would continue that they'd put like billions of dollars. So when it crashed all at once, they were exposed for tons of money that they didn't have. Oh, that's so bad. And and they had to like, oh, you got to pay up, you know? And uh, when they couldn't pay up, they filed for bankruptcy. Uh, some went under and others... Congress gave them money, just said, you're exposed for billions of dollars, whatever. You're too big and you're too necessary for the American economic empire we have to go under. So here's free money. And it's not free money. It's actually money taken from the American people uh, because it devalues the currency. So so meaning in 2008, if you had $10,000 in your bank account, even if it was just sitting there and still says $10,000, you actually only have... 8,700 yeah. after 2008 liquidating a lot of, yeah. Cause, cause now instead of being able to buy, uh, what well, all comes down whatever, to buying yeah. it, the buying like power is, yeah, the buying power. Drop, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and we inflate our currency at a rate of 13% every year anyways. So, uh, meaning you put $10,000 in after a year, it's not worth the same as what you put in. It's worth less. Crazy. So our money's actually safer in some type of security. It's all it's all craziness, and the reason the reason uh, we've spent what almost two hour uh, about an hour hour on it is uh, yeah I think it's pertinent today because it's it's happening today. This is another one of those big events, uh, but I think it's important for people to not just say I can't understand this. People smarter than me understand this, and they do a great job at it, and it's good for all of us. Because they could be screwing us over by doing it, right? There could be mass corruption and it could hurt people, like really hurt people. Who actually has billions of dollars though to lose? Like in, who, in this in this scenario of GameStop? No, just in general. I mean, who put is there anybody that puts billions of dollars into stock? Yeah. Because you have to be a billionaire to do that. Well, they have millions. Well, remember, there's there. There's only so many together assets. They're pulling together assets. So from a lot of different big money people, right? And you put it in a company because you think it's going to be profitable and and other people think it's profitable and you think you can make money off of it. And that's why people put it in the stock market. There's also the bond market. There's also the currency trading market. There's, um, yeah, all these different things that people buy and sell in order to make more money. And um, it's... The problem lies, you get really weird things 
when you add on extra betting, when it's not just buying and selling uh, a stock, but when it's buying call option contracts and it's shorting stock and it's all these derivative games that people play. And then there's insider trading stuff like you, like I'm Amazon and I know that we crushed it. Like we had tons of earnings and I know that once we've released the earnings, it's going to go up. And a conversation that Jeff Bezos has with his wife about Amazon earnings, she goes to a dinner party with some rich friends and they all say, oh, uh, you know, by the way, we're about to crush earnings. And so they go and they buy a ton of the stock and it goes up or they buy a bunch of call options. There was one occasion. So <laughs> this is April of 2020. There was this company. Uh, I can't remember what, what company. It was a, a biomedical company that was trying to develop a vaccine, a COVID vaccine. So they made this video. They had a trial with like 15 people that they said got the shot and are now immune. Like this vaccine that they had developed. And they made this video that seemed like they had figured it out. And they were like, oh, we've published a study and all this stuff. It was completely fraudulent. Like it was oh, not, they had, run a, no. they had run a study, but it really was not, uh, it wasn't really true. And it was way overrated and their video made it seem a lot better. Well, a lot of people were like, this is it. This is the one who's going to develop the vaccine. It's not Pfizer. It's not Moderna. It's this random Chicago company. Overnight, their stock went up something like 250%. Oh. What? Come to find out, the CEO had bought, I think it was something like $3 million worth of call options on the stock. And then it sold at the top. Oh, and so all the people, so he made something like $50 million or something in a night off a $3 million bet oh my off of a fraudulent video so one stupid. night. <laughs> and then the stock plummeted again. Cause they're like, this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, you know, all the people who bought it at the, the top also lost all the money when it came down. So, um, yeah, it kind of makes you cringe to even talk about it. And it's, you know, it's, it's weird. Like, it's yeah, weird. It's right? Yeah. No. Oh yeah. There was also the time that oil went negative. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> this is pretty funny. This was also, this was, uh, April of last year, 2020, right? So March comes, the market's at 350, and it drops to like 220 overnight because everyone's like, this is going to kill business. Right. So they all sell their stock and it goes down really low. It starts to inch up. Well, people realize like, Oh shoot. People aren't gonna be driving anywhere. Yeah. And so and so the price of crude oil uh starts to go down and it starts to really go down. And and because it's a it's a when you're actually buying oil, you're buying like it's it's related to actual physical oil. Your share is. It's not just a share of a company, it's like physical oil is tied to it. So there the production of oil worldwide was still really high. The demand was instantly plummeted yeah so the valuations are starting to go down because people are like there's way more supply there's no demand i'm selling and it starts to go down and down and down and then a lot of people sell all at once and it goes to negative 22 dollars what now what that means is if you can <laughs> if you can store it costs more for the oil production people to hold on to or house the house or store the oil than it would to give you $22 to do it. <laughs> so, Get wrecked, dude. So, no, I'm not. 
So if you see it at negative 22 and you say, what? Whoa, free oil. <laughs> and they'll pay me for it. <laughs> so if you had said, like, if you were kind of uninformed about the whole deal, you'd say, free money. So you buy a you buy a hundred shares of crude oil, and all of a sudden you have twenty two thousand dollars and you are gonna get delivered thousands of tanks of oil. <laughs> You gotta be kidding me. I'm not kidding. <laughs> That's absurd. Oh. What the heck? <laughs> so I remember, I remember watching Wall Street free bets. oil, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this guy on Wall Street Bets was like trying to work the math of like how many contracts he could buy and how expensive a tanker is. Like a, like a sea line tanker. And if he could buy it and store it in a tanker and make money off of it. And everyone was like, please do not do this. <laughs> Imagine, hey mom, we're going to have some space. We need some space. I got a hundred tons of crude oil coming to our house. But hey, I made $400,000 off of it. Oh my gosh. Free money, That's free so oil. so insane. It, it really is insane. Yeah. They uh, oh. they changed the stock price to make sure that can never happen again. But uh, for a little while, it was definitely possible. I remember seeing it. I was like, I've never seen this before. A negative price. Um, That's pretty funny. You only get that. I think you only get that when it's tied to a commodity, like an actual physical thing, like gold or something. Yeah, gold never loses value. We'll My dad upstairs. He has his like a closet and whatever. And he has some like cards and memorabilia and stuff up there. He has like some serious gold up there. What's your address? Nice. <laughs> 800 Bellevue Boulevard. <laughs> That's where I live now. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say my address. But... No, but he has gold and silver and like it, dude, the value, the value stays, man. Like it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's <clears throat> cryptocurrencies as well, which is. Okay, please, please. Oh gosh. That's so confusing. Also, <clears throat> I. Cryptocurrencies. Yeah. Mining Which, for yeah. money that doesn't yeah, exist. I don't know a whole ton about it. It's um non-nationally made money that's tied to computer blockchain, something like that. That's secure and Sounds now like fraud. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's <clears throat> cryptocurrency. People think that it's going to replace the fiat money of like having America or something like that. I'm I'm more skeptical. I think. Um, they think it's more secure and it's international. It's not tied to a particular country. But here's the thing is like the only reason money has any value is because there's somebody who can shoot you if you don't pay it. Right? It's a it's a fiction we've made. Paper money is a fiction we've made to all agree on it based on the military power of the United States mm. and its ability to enforce you to pay something. Uh, that's why we're the reserve currency. That's why... Money is just like an enforceable trade. You, you know, if you owe somebody a hundred dollars, but they can never take anything from you, then you don't really owe them that, right? Bring back debtor's prison. That was an amazing thing that happened in history. I think we should I don't know much it about it. <laughs> it's literally exactly what you think it is. Never heard that. Before. You debtor's just get prison? thrown. Like it was super common for people to just get thrown into de- debtor's prison. Shakespeare's dad was in there. Wait, wait, wait. Are you talking about a prison that people are in debt get thrown yeah. into? Yeah, it would, yes. What, why? Because they didn't pay. Oh, so okay. you go to debtor's prison and then they don't give you anything. 
Like your family has to bring you food. No, all they give you is a $1 bill. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. Huh. Dickens talks a lot about it in his books. It was like super Strange. common. I don't know why it stopped, but it actually scared people into not paying or into paying debts. Yeah, that's actually a good idea. Throw them, idea? throw them in oh, prison. No. Well, yeah, because now there's a bunch of there's a bunch of people that have college debt and they just keep <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good, what are you talking about, Richard? This Listen, is not, this is not it's, a just, it's a problem. People are just like, I'll just keep deferring. I'm a hundred thousand dollars in debt. I'm a hundred thousand dollars in debt. I don't know when I'm gonna pay it. I'm just a student. Your ass is in jail. <laughs> yeah. uh, like I feel like if you're like thirty, <laughs> if you're like thirty years out, we should have a separate jail for you. Maybe it can be like slightly comfier. I don't know. Well, I mean, you still want people to be working. Right. That that's good for the entire economy if they're working. Which is the, yeah. the <clears throat> scary beauty of Keynesian economics, which is also like very scary. But the idea is the goal of America and its economic thing is to keep production up and to encourage production. It's not to uh so if there's a crash, you throw a lot of money at it and it'll devalue it, but you want it production to continue. You want people to continue to work, you want and debt is a huge part of what we do. I mean, it's it's the reason why a lot of people go to their nine to five is because they're in tons of debt obligations, mortgages, car payments. We all exist in a society of, of this debt. Now, on the other side of like big investors, they're just all on the side of assets where everything they can buy is, you know, they, they don't deal in that type of debt based. But imagine an America that's debt free is one that's not going to work nine to five, 40 hours a week. Yeah. Production, I think, is definitely based. And I think our generation of people is not the ones who, who are going to uh, d d expect a nine to five, 40 hours a week and just accept it willingly and just be like, this is just how normal people do stuff. Yeah. Right. Like already people are like, oh, four day work weeks. They want less hours. They want to, you know, be more leisurely. And the work older generation home. work from home. The, the older generation saying, like, these guys are lazy and all this type of stuff. And it's like, no, they're just a bit more cynical about money than you guys are because you guys are, you know, stopping <laughs> stopping uh, stocks from being traded and profiting millions of dollars. And I'm sitting here, you know, $50,000 in student loan debt and I have to work a nine to five at a job I hate. All these things are, I, I think there's, there's wrong elements on both sides of this whole thing because it's approaching it from an entirely materialist perspective of I want the money and they got it, let's take it. So that's where we have to bring in like the economic purpose is not something completely its own. It's tied to human ends and, and leading people towards virtue and a virtuous life and not just how many yachts can I get and nor is it I just don't want to work ever and I want all the rich people to give me their money. Like you have to come at it from the right motivation as well. It can't just be eat the rich, that type of stuff, right? I think that there's a, um, a big hatred in professional sports and other big things like astronauts. So what I'm saying, what? No, 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 but, but, but not, not the hatred what? for the people, but for the, like the contracts and the money, like, okay, oh, is it yeah. worth, yeah, not for the people. Is it worth giving like, do we have to give an astronaut like a hundred million dollars? I mean, they're granted they're going into space, 
and they're doing oh, are stuff. Are you talking about NASA in general? Like, no, are, do you mean paying astronauts? I don't think they definitely no. don't get paid that much. No, 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 no. But just like that kind of okay, okay, astronauts don't get paid that much. But think about professional sports players. Yeah, Patrick, that's way Patrick, different. Patrick Mahomes got basically a half a billion dollar contract. Half a billion dollar. Okay. He's not, it's not like Donald Trump where he's worked his entire life to make himself a billionaire. This guy came out of Texas Tech playing college football and now is in the NFL. And now he's making half a billion dollars in like, I don't know, maybe like a 12-year contract. I don't know how long it was. Does a person really deserve that much money? You can think, same thing about actors. <clears throat> like really high profile actors. Yeah, they don't need that much money. No, it's what, So the thing is like, I got particularly mad today. Because one of my favorite players on a sports team left because somebody else was giving him like a $30 million increase. That's so, so where, much. Where's the loyalty in this? Where's the lo- There's no such thing as loyalty in professional sports anymore. Because everybody just goes where the money is. Their loyalty is completely non-existent. Okay, we're not going to offer you $30 million, but we'll give you $10 million. So you can stay with us for a little bit longer. If I was a professional sports player, I only live once in this life. I'm going to just stay with my team and try to get better and better and better, especially if they're like, you know, if they can get into the playoffs and contention and things like this. All of a sudden you just leave to go to some other team just because of money. How much do you think the average astronaut gets paid? (laughs) I don't know. No clue. I hope, I hope a good deal. I good they, deal. Deserve no, they deserve it. That's an insane yeah. thing to do to launch yourself into space. I'm pretty pro space exploration. Yeah, I, I think that that's too. that's worth it. But there's plenty of people in this world that think that astronauts and NASA in general just makes way too much money and that it's a waste. It's not a waste. Yeah, I'm, I'm pro NASA. I I don't know. I, I think yeah. I am, gen- I am generally players, pro. Is- football players. Yeah. Okay. Do you think college football players should get paid? Bridget, do you think college football players? Oh <laughs> gosh, I I have no I no I don't think so. I don't either. I also don't think that the money there's too much money in college football. There's way too I, much money in college football. It's so ridiculous to me, and the money doesn't go towards financial aid. It just goes towards. I I don't even know what it goes towards. The I think college. it probably just goes the towards college. The call. Okay, what does that yeah. even mean? The administrators. It goes <laughs> to Nick Saban. All all the money. Uh, he gets paid twelve million a year. Twelve million, yeah. yeah. Oh my god! They just won the national championship. This they year. did win the national Jeez. championship. Yeah, I think there's there's something you hitting on. You're hitting on with this is is uh, there's our so- our measure of like how does society reward people is in how many millions they make. Why would in terms a doctor actors? Or why whatever. would a doctor get paid less than a professional sports player? Why should a doctor who has way more training works a way diff- more difficult job? saves people's lives and he gets paid crap compared. So a surgeon gets $522,000 a year on average. Patrick Mahomes gets half a billion. Yeah. And, and a, and a surgeon dies younger science just by plain scientific, um, whatever you call it. It's just been proven scientifically that they die younger because they're under so much stress and a surgeon gets paid that. And, and a professional sports player, Gets paid half a billion dollars. Where's the honor in that? Where where is the? What about the the team team doctors, team psychiatrists, team 
nutritionists. They're getting paid nothing and the players are getting paid millions of dollars. Where's the honor in that? Where's the honor in society at all? Yeah. Healthcare industry gets paid nothing compared to professional sports players. Why? Because it's apparently entertainment over essential needs. It's stupid. How do you answer that, Bridget? <laughs> yeah, Sports I don't know. Why should a surgeon who risks everything get paid less than a professional sports player? If a professional sports player is getting paid $30 million a year, I want the heart surgeon to be paid $30 million a year. I want every single person in the Medicare industry to be paid the same as a professional sports player because it's just stupid. It's absolutely stupid. It actually makes me mad. Like, seriously. My parents get paid way less than they should, and they're family practice doctors. My dad has done a lot of a lot of hard work, schooling, everything. My parents did long distance for seven years. Why aren't they making as much as a professional sports player? Why? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's completely backwards. In my mind, professional sports players and those people of, and high-quality actors, they should get paid less than those people. It's not fair. It's just wrong. It's morally wrong. <clears throat> we'll get Bridget in here on this. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, as for sports, I can't really give like an unbiased opinion because I, I just genuinely don't care about sports. So I'm always gonna say, <laughs> Kellen Alex. Yeah, we, we really hit on two. Yeah. of your favorite topics. Love it. Really awesome. Stoinks. Great. Stocks, we and, appreciate uh, you being on here, Bridget. Oh right? yeah, yeah, of course. No, this is this is fun. Mm-hmm. I'm actually learning things, which is helpful. Um, no, yeah, I, I think that, um. I think that our culture just has really an obsession with like, I guess it's in every culture for as long as civilization has existed. There's been like a class of people that are basically gods among men. And that's for us sports players and actors and certain musicians. Mm -hmm. And they're so entertaining for us that we just give them money. But there's a certain point at which you actually do not need more money. You just don't. Nobody needs half a billion dollars just right away on a contract. You can't even spend can't that spend much that. money. You can't do it. Patrick Mahomes just bought his girlfriend a Lamborghini. It was 200000 Oh, but wait, he's got $500 million. Like, you it's can buy nothing. hundreds of thousands of Lamborghinis. What are you going to do with that? Yeah. I mean, it's dumb. People in healthcare get robbed. They do. That's a really good point. They get robbed. This country is so bad when it comes to distributing money to different professions. It sucks. America sucks at it. Apparently, we value sports players over healthcare. I'm telling you, <laughs> that's we a do. really good point. We value actors who, by the way, are all fake because they're not really doing anything, anyways. That's, they're all holograms. They're alien all. They're all. <laughs> they're all crap. Okay. Okay. Whoa. What? Okay. All of them? Because. What, what, they're, that what they're doing, oh, what they're doing in life is really all just fake. If you think about well, it. Well, yeah, it's acting. <laughs> it's acting. And it's fake. It's fake. Surgeons aren't fake. They save people's asses. Okay. Why should an actor get paid more than a surgeon? Why? Tell me why. I think that surgeons like, and doctors in general, like, why aren't we putting m- massive amounts of money towards them? Instead of giving somebody half a billion dollars, let's put that into the medical industry. Invest in new equipment. In um, 
invest in all sorts of different stuff that we can help get better in this country. Yeah. It's apparently we value those things. All actors, you suck. But, um, uh, okay. I, I do like some actors. Okay. But this I do is think, really the episode do, for me. <laughs> I do think that, I do think that, um, we value a lot of things over things that we should in this country. And that's sad. I there's okay. So the book, this side of paradise by F Scott Fitzgerald at the very end, the main character basically goes on this weird economic tirade and starts talking about socialism and stuff. But he, the interesting part is that he says that um, money in America is basically like a blue ribbon. And that if we were to replace money with some other hypothetical fake prize then barter, it would still barter pe- baby <laughs> people would still people would still do the things they do because they want to get the glory basically i think a lot of it is about the clout i don't know like that the fact that you can buy a, a lamborghini for your girlfriend is probably more important than the fact that you actually have five million dollars you just need to be able to show other people that you can yeah, do that it's all stuff about praising and showing and things like that uh, yeah, I get it. And and it's only getting worse uh, with social media because you actually can show everything you do, everything you buy. And it's easier to buy things now. How many of how many sports players or actors or musicians do you think would still do the things that they do for no money? Cuz I I hear that a lot from actors th- and comedians. They say I would do this for free. I hope they would. I hope every professional athlete and actor would do everything that they would for free. Yeah. I hope they now, should... people in, I think, like I was saying, like healthcare and stuff, I don't think that they should do what they should do. <laughs> That's not fair. Now, I'm hating on actors and professional sports players again, but I'm just saying, I think that they should all do that for free. They should they do sh- it for free? They should. Pe- okay. No, no. Yes, they whoa, should. Whoa, whoa. This is, no, 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 no. Ha- no. Why do we have to pay no, them millions no, of dollars? No, no, no. Okay, there's a difference what, between what? paying someone millions of dollars and paying them an honest living okay, because they okay. are doing okay, something okay. valuable. No, I take that back. I didn't, I meant like to say in like an honest, okay, kind of like contract. Not, okay, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want an actor to be paid $40 million for one movie. That's stupid. And movies shouldn't cost Whatever, $5 billion yeah, anyway. I, so I get it. Patrick Mahomes, he plays for 13 years in the NFL. Give him 60 grand a year. 60 grand. 60,000. That's all he needs. He doesn't need more than that. You don't need more than 50 grand a year if you're playing. Yeah, I get it. It's a professional sport and it's hard. But have some balls to take a lower pay cut. Yeah. Like, it's, come on. There's starving people in this world and you're going to take half a billion dollars? Do you guys remember that company that um, the CEO <clears throat> took a huge pay cut so that he could pay all of his employees 100000 a year? I th- Did you I hear about that? If I was CEO, I would do that. It's, that makes so much sense because he was able to live off what he had just fine. And, and th- those are what, yeah. And that's what it all comes down to is like people actually caring about society more than themselves. You know what I mean? Like, all right, Kellen Lake, you, you have made it. You are the greatest hockey player of all time. You're, you're, enter, you're entering the NHL. And uh, congrats. Everyone you wants much. you on their team. Everyone right. does. I like that. Yeah. And um, all of them. So San Jose Sharks offer you a $60,000 a year contract. And the Sacramento Kings offer you a $15 million contract a year. 
and the Boston <laughs> Bruins offer you a $50 million contract. Wait, Sacramento Kings is basketball. Oh, whoops. What? Sacramento. <laughs> Sacramento. Do they have a team? No, they don't have a team. Oh, it's no. just San Jose. It's just like LA. No. LA Kings. LA Kings. Sorry. I got it wrong. Yeah. So they're like, we really want an NHL player to even out our basketball team. <laughs> so LA Kings, 15 San Jose million. Sharks and. Yeah. Okay, San Jose offers me 60,000. LA offers me how many? Uh, how much? Let's say, let's say 5 million. And Boston. Boston are ridiculous. 50 million. What do you take? The one with the coolest mascot. Okay. I would take the one that is probably not the highest. It also, there's actually a lot. Okay. What what, what would you choose and why? Okay. There's a lot of fat. Okay. There's a lot of factors that go into this, right? Living situation. All right. I would love to live in San Jose because the weather's great over there. Instead of Boston where you freeze your balls off in the winter. Mm -hmm. Pardon my language. Uh, In the winter time. Um, I would rather live on the West Coast than Boston. Okay. Now I've taken out Boston. I have San Jose and Los Angeles. I'd rather live in San Jose because I'm a big NorCal fan. I think SoCal is inferior to Northern California. San Jose makes 60K a year. You're going to be living like California is pretty tough to to make it in San Jose for for 60K or whatever. And again, but you don't, you know, you can be guaranteed higher too based on your performance. Now imagine everyone else at San Jose is making $15 million and you're the only one making 60 K. I'm fine with that. I'm, a, I'm playing professional sports. I'm what I want to do. Isn't it? in so would you take it as, well, Cullen, you may be a special case in this, but <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't you find it insulting if everyone in the NHL is paying, getting paid millions of dollars and they offer you a 60 K salary? Wouldn't well, you see that as like, if I was the best player, I'm going to get paid. There's nobody, there aren't going to be people that are going to be paid more than me. I'm the best player. Well, if people were willing to accept, like you're saying, if they were willing to accept sixty thousand dollars, and um, it'd be fine, then then teams expect whoever can pay the biggest dollars for for uh, sports players, the players will pick that team. Yeah. Now, if it's the difference between a ten million dollars and they're like some of the best, they may not decide it. Like LeBron going back to Cleveland, he got a huge contract. And then he got the b- 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 mega contract in Los Angeles and he moved to Los Angeles and he left Cleveland because he didn't, he doesn't care about Cleveland. He cares about money. Uh, shout out Cleveland. And, and for, for what, for, for more money. And I think this is the point you're, you're bringing up too, Bridget is like, this is the way we've structured our American society is that the value of somebody can be put in dollars and, uh, yeah. and the market, some market determines what things are worth. And, um, and we and to show how valuable you are to society and how you know big your impact is, uh, if the market sees you as valuable, it'll put a price tag on what you do. And I and think, some yeah. people's price tag is way higher, and they feel as though and there's so much more you can do power wise with, uh, like Jack Dorsey being worth however many hundreds of billions of dollars he's worth, and you know Bezos being what they're worth. It's like yeah, they could never spend that. But they sure are like extremely powerful, and and also <clears throat> society views them as worth it, I and allows them to hold billions of dollars without killing them and taking it. I think the United States should have more of a performance based salary. So, like, here's what I'm saying, and this does have happen some places, but I think that you should be given an entry level contract to anything. 
if you succeed and you're doing better and better and better, yeah, I think you should get now. I'm now. That's what, a thing that already happens. Yeah, I yeah. know, but I mean, but what I'm saying is like, if we could see that everywhere, in every situation, because sometimes they just play hockey. Hockey players or basketball players just the same as they keep going, and even if they get better, sometimes because they choose to stay on a certain team, and therefore not take more money to go to a different team because they like the team that they're on. My point is, is that you only have one life, and you're only on this earth for so long. So why not be loyal and stay in a certain place just for a little bit less, right? If you told me I would be given a hundred more million dollars to go 3,000 miles to Florida where there's no seasons and it's just hot like a swamp in the summer, (laughs) I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I'm sorry. All you Floridians that are listening to this, I hope there's none of you listening to this, but Florida is absolute trash. It's so bad. The weather sucks. It's a swamp. (laughs) No. The only thing that Florida is good for is its coastline. That's it. And yeah, I think California has hundreds of better just a coastline in California. Look at this. Preaching to the choir over here. Yeah, no coastline like that. Uh, Yeah, it looks nice. Yeah, yeah. It's just the best. It's great. I would rather pay, I would rather have 60 grand a year than a hundred million dollars a year. Well, they don't nobody really does. A hundred million a year. It's more it's less than that. But I would rather have that, the sixty thousand, because I'm doing what I want to do. I'm fine with taking that. And like wait being a second, that Cal Lake. Do you mean you could be content with not having infinite, you know, capital? If I had if I was offered that much money, I'd give it all away to charity. If we stuff. if we had a society that was content with the, its state in life, our economic empire would collapse overnight. Like the caste system. <clears throat> Wait, what do you mean on. by that? Because if everybody was content with their state in life, if there were no, if there was no social movement, is that what you're talking about? No, meaning like if they were living, um, yeah, if if there wasn't a continued desire for more wealth and a continued desire for fulfilling newer desires, meaning you were just content living a kind of stoic life or whatever and you weren't continuously buying the next thing and consuming and consuming, then the there wouldn't be the demand that there is. That's and then true. the supply would go down. And then okay. people would be like, would we work but forty would we work forty hour work weeks? Would we um would we structure everything around purchases? Like uh was life is life better now that we have cars? Okay, yeah. Okay, yes, it's better. We have it leads to these effects and whatever else, but it's also caused a lot of people to move farther away from stuff. Now you drive to Walmart, right? Back in the day, back in the day, people lived closer together so they could go to the store wherever it was. And even further behind that, um, there was less trade. Now, do they live worse lives? And it's like, yeah, in some ways. And in other ways, the new technologies just change how we operate the basic human structure of desire. And like <coughs> that, that mostly stays that stays the same. Humanity is always humanity. Just because we're recording podcasts and uploading it to YouTube doesn't mean we're infinitely better people. We're just we just have more material and we have more advanced material. And it changes stuff. And you can't just say it's just evil and bad. I think it definitely does encourage more power from uh, higher ups. We're seeing this in, in tech companies now that they have phones, they have all this data on you. They can do different things. They they can control us in different ways. Like you wouldn't have been able to you know all of a sudden cause businesses to shut down and everything to shut down like COVID wise 
if we weren't so connected through the internet and through TV and there wasn't these structures of power that technology uh, facilitates. So all that being said is if we had a society that wasn't constantly trying to get the next improvement of technology, the next improvement of wealth, the next improvement of material success and, and prosperity, then our system that assumes that that's the case would begin to collapse. If people just decided, I don't really need a phone, then Apple overnight would collapse. Like, we don't need it anymore. Why, why, why do I need it, right? Or if they said social media is actually harmful and they all exited out of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, whatever else, they would just cease to exist. And that money would be lost and that money would be gone, right? So things become commodified and then you move on to the next thing that's going to skyrocket, the next technology, the next thing. And let's get to the scary parts of it. I think the the two major next, let's say we had like the, the internet exploding technology, mobile devices exploding, that type of technology. I think the two things that are coming next are data collection companies that can process data. So we're already seeing this with Palantir, uh, Cloudflare, Snowflake, Hashtag Edward Snowden. <laughs> yeah, well, they're basically companies. So all these tech companies have collected all this data on everyone. And you need companies to sift through that and find what's relevant and how to process it and what to do with all this data that they now have. And there's companies coming up on that. And who knows what the effects of that's going to be. Um, and then the other one is, um, I think, genome sequencing and stuff regarding like human DNA structure to, uh, yeah, to, you mean like to change, to change embryos to be different, whatever characteristics you want, whatever else. It's a very scary reality, but I think we're going to probably be there within like 30 years, something like that. Have you read Brave New World? Yes. Yeah. Yep. That was a scary book What's to read. What's that one about? I've heard of it. I don't know if I've, I don't remember if I've awesome. read it or not. You People talk about it. 1984 a lot. I, I read 1984. That was scary, man. It is scary. George Orwell. <clears throat> yeah. Brave New George World's Orwell. more focused on like medical, the the medical side of like the dystopia. It's really interesting. I think Orwell, profound in his different thought, you know, um, newspeak, double think or double thought, um, all these different concepts regarding language. I think he gets right. The idea of a big brother government that's going to basically compel people to uh, assent to their power and that type of stuff, I think he was wrong on. I think they try, like Stalin tried to do it with this total totalitarian state that's watching everyone. But as we as we saw in the Soviet Union, <clears throat> it's just not sustainable. You, you can try it for a while. But it's just not sustainable. People have to completely believe in it. You know, they have to love Big Brother because they're compelled to love Big Brother, right? That's that's how the book People ends. Don't. 1984. Yeah, they hate it. Yeah, yeah, but they'll grow to hate it because it's just. Now Huxley's position on it is <clears throat> people don't. They crave stability. That's the big thing, and 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 um, the and pleasure and the avoidance of pain. Mm-hmm. And they just want stability and they want to believe in, uh, yeah, everyone belongs to everyone else. That's one of the catchphrases. Another one is, um, yeah. And, and they, they've invented this drug called Soma. All the scientists of the world have gotten together to invent this drug. 
which he described as having all of the effects of alcohol and Christianity with none of the defects. And it's a hallucinogen and all this type of stuff. And so, and, and also all the people are genetically predetermined to a particular class. So the lowest class, the gamma, uh, they're given 70% intellectual capacity because they do stuff like menial task, garbage truck driver, cleaning hotels, that type of whatever lower class, the lowest class, right? And they're given 70% intelligence so they don't try and like advance higher. And then you have epsilon and then you have beta and then you have alpha and then you have alpha plus who are given like the most intelligence. <clears throat> and they do different tasks and kind of hierarchical structuring. And if they ever get too emotional, then you just take Soma. They've also eliminated families. So all children are produced in laboratories. Oh. So they make the embryos, they genetically predetermine uh, them to different things, and then they, the way they educate them is um, they basically give them a bunch of catchphrases or propaganda phrases where they yeah. repeat it over and over and over again to just believe in what it is. They also make them sexualized at a very young age, but all of them are infertile. So they can't reproduce, but they're uh, having yeah. tons of sex. That but, is scary. And they also, there's no exclusive relationships. There's no wife, husband. There's no mother, father. There's no brother, sister. There's no family. It's interesting. It's the opposite. Um, it's the opposite of 1984 in regards to like the sexual stuff. Like, whereas they yeah. completely, in 1984, it's, it doesn't exist. They eradicate it. And in Brave New World, yeah. it's Oral's free wrong. reign. He's it's wrong. really super interesting. And it made, that made more, obviously it made more sense because that's what's happening right now. And, but it's, it's interesting that that's, that's always a point of control in no, in no matter what, like, dystopian yeah. society it is. <clears throat> what was that movie? There's a couple, right? There was a movie called The Island with Scarlett Johansson, I think. Oh, was that based on Huxley's book? Uh, I don't know. And then there was another one, The Giver. You remember that one? Yeah. I, I don't. Those are all the kind of utopia, dystopias, or whatever. But okay. Yeah. Good movies. Yeah. So I think, yeah. I, I do. I think we're going to move to a point of no families at all. Uh, <laughs> that would be a complete dystopian future. And I, I think no way. That's never. That's. Gonna I don't think that's. It's definitely not possible. in America. Yeah. No, I mean not in America. Assuming the world exists for another thousand years, I don't know. We don't but, know it good. Yeah, good. yeah, maybe. I mean, we have nukes enough to destroy us, so who knows? <laughs> we, we I had a podcast on that last semester on nukes. But uh, yeah, and then there's these world directors. Mustafa Mond is the one. Um, Such a good name. Yeah, Mustafa Mond. That's pretty funny. Mustafa Mond, and he's one of the world controllers that makes sure everything's stable and keeps going. Now I. We're going to tie this back into the stock market thing. <laughs> Keynesian economics is like predicated on that same um, stability idea in the sense of the aim is just a stable, continuous, everyone desires new things. Everybody wants the new iPhone. Everyone wants to have the nicest car. Everyone wants the biggest paycheck. Everyone wants the nicest house. Everyone wants to continue to fulfill desires and is always creating new desires. So that has to remain stable. If you had a society of like a uh, society of poor, you know, pe uh, society of people willingly giving up wealth and becoming poor Franciscans, like third order Franciscans or something like that, like that would crush the American economy. So you weird. need people to continually want yeah. them. 
and, and in high schools and stuff, they're always telling people about success. You got to be financially successful and you got to work and you got to do all this stuff. If people just said they don't want to work and just stopped working and tried to like live off a farm or something like that, that would crush everything. Yeah. So you need that. The second one is if uh, the financial people become too greedy and something crashes, we need to liquidate it and make sure production continues. So it's a it's a an entity that makes sure that everything remains stable. And if you go globally, uh, the CIA and the U.S. military make sure that other countries participate in this economic unit. And if they don't, we overthrow their government or go to a proxy war with them. Yeah, to keep everything going, right? So we've we've overthrown governments in Venezuela. We overthrow governments in Indonesia. We overthrow governments in the Middle East. We go to war in Vietnam. For what reason? Oh, we go to war in Vietnam because we have to keep, we have to, com- we're, we're competing economically, globally, politically with, with China and Russia. And so that's why we, you know, napalm villages and whatever. So anyways, uh, this has been a very intense podcast so far. Holy smokes. Yeah, that's crazy. I could be wrong on a good number of this stuff, and I'm I'm still learning a lot on, um, yeah, on the financial side, the political side, military side, and we have an enormous American flag next year that's kind of like looking down on like, us. Like, like yeah. okay, you know. What Anyways, is the, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, there was there was a lot in. The complexity of the whole stock market thing is like that's hard to understand. It really is. I've talked way too much, but I think the complexity is built in to keep people out of it. I so, believe that tranches, collateralized debt obligations, credit default swaps, call options, um, exposure. A lot naked of people puts, just don't, don't have the time and the interest nope. to go into it and nope. so it separates the people who do want to do it and don't it's it's an it's a linguistic category that separates the classes <clears throat> whoa i mean that seems that's to be so what interesting it is, right yeah because yeah, i'm definitely one of those i'm on like the average american who could not really care less i mean i get mad when i hear things like about insider trading which is the most the easiest thing to understand but everything else goes right over my head and i really could not care less like i i just have no interest in looking into it and all the established media is calling all these retail investors they call them retail investors as being idiots they're 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 just saying these guys don't know right because they're stepping into our domain our little hedge fund our mutual fund our uh investment bank our you know city group or jp morgan or whatever and we know how to do this because we have tons of money. They don't. And um, and they must be, all be idiots for thinking GameStop's going to go to 2000 or something like that, right? Where no one really knows. And they can, they're the smart guys because they have the money, right? I mean, it's, it's just a class distinction type thing, right? Here's where, anyways, I've talked too much. I'm, I'm, I'll go back to Callum on that. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I get like what you're saying, Bridget. You know, I'm kind of the same way. I don't really pay that much attention. I might, you know, later in life when I start kind of understanding more about how money kind of works and flows than I do right now, obviously. Um, But you're right. There's a certain 
some people just don't have the time to get into it. I mean, they're occupied with other things. They have children in their lives or they have other things going on, personal matters that really do create that separation of people who are insanely into it and others that just like, I don't really care. Yeah. Is, is it really going to make that much difference in my life if I put down $2 in a stock or $3? Probably not. Right. And so people figure that and they're just like, I got to keep living with my life. I got to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, yeah, it's it's a crazy the stock market. It really is a complex, very complex, crazy kind of concept. And <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> a lot of people in this country just play the dangerous cards. You know what I mean? And they go for it. And some of them really succeed. Some of them don't. And they lose everything. Mm hmm. Some people are just naturally brilliant, like Bill Gates. They're just naturally brilliant. And because they're naturally brilliant, they're going to become billionaires. That's a lot of a lot of the times, well, not always billionaires, but a lot of people that are naturally brilliant make a shite ton of money. Bill Gates started yes. building computers in his garage. When Wh he was which well is, old. It, is it? <clears throat> now he's a brilliant, therefore they're making <clears throat> billions, or is it they made billions, therefore they're brilliant? No, no, no. You know they're, I mean? they're making billions because they were brilliant. Yeah. And I what they did, they were smart with their money. They created something that just completely, I have an idea. <laughs> Alex. Yeah. Can you imagine you would be a billionaire overnight if you could create somehow an air conditioned like suit for like road workers, <laughs> like in the heat, if you could like do something. This is an idea. This is going on the Hall of Fame, Kellen. Of your, uh, Can you imagine how much money you would make overnight if you air conditioned, if, air conditioned like construction cool, cooling suit. construction suits. People in Brilliant. deserts in the Midwest and Florida, which weather Dude, sucks. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all in. I'm all. They in. had that. Contact they had Wall that. Street bets. <laughs> Dude, right now, just go. You'd make so. And you know what's funny. <laughs> a lot of people probably have had that idea, but they just can't make it work. Another no, 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 thing, Kellen. No one's had that idea. <laughs> okay. You are the first uh, person another ever. Thing that so makes that's me mad. Why you're brilliant, and you're going to make millions. Pardon me for ranting on you, SoCal guys, but the water down there sucks. Okay, compared to where I live, water up where I live is like mountain water that's unbelievably pure. SoCal. Los Angeles, the water there is so bad. And we send our water from Northern California down there just to save you guys. Okay. You know you can buy water futures? Water stock? Really? So there, there could be a situation in which one person owns all water. <laughs> no, what? <laughs> I don't really know. Like Los Angeles was the one that started issuing shares on water futures. Something that makes me really, really mad. And it's because of money. Why can't we figure out a way to turn salt water into regular drinking water? I have that this, is a shame I that can tell Southern you. California cannot figure that out. I'm going to tell you right now. I asked my dad this question. My dad's a my dad's an avocado farmer, and I Your dad's an avocado farmer. Yeah, he is. I live in an avocado ranch. Oh, that's yeah, sweet. he manages he manages a bunch of ranches um, through through a company. That's sweet. And so he he knows a lot about the water situation, and it's and it's really important and. California, obviously. And I asked him that question. I was like, it's, it's kind of insane that with all the technological advances, we haven't figured out a way to turn salt water into fresh water. And he said, oh, 
we figured that out a long time ago. There's people keeping a hold on it and not letting that technology get out. I'm not, that's wow. not like conspiracy, conspiracy theory. It's that's true. They came up with that tech, that technology. They just will not distribute it because that would take down a huge industry. There's a lot of money in water, which is a crazy thing to say. What industry water would should, that take down? Fresh water industry? The people controlling, like the water districts, basically. They, you spend so much money on water alone as a farmer in California. Oh, yeah. And it just goes up and up and up. And it was worse during the drought. Why can't we use that and then like give it to everybody? So, no, so people there, don't lose. Everybody wins. Because you know the I mean? because the people that are making money off the water are we, losing, and that's the ones that are in charge we of it. Structured, we can we structured eliminate our entire society as everything's for sale, <clears throat> doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, and everything is somebody's private property, right? This is my private property, and this is my private property, and this is my land, and whatever. This is actually a modern concept, not ownership, but absolute ownership, right? It started with John Locke, and so. Yeah, Lockean private property and complete ownership of things, completely detached from its use, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, are do you actually need all the building? And, and it's a rear guard action of, rear guard action? How would I put this? Philanthropy is basically giving back part of what you've unjustly taken in a way. Let's say it's in order to shore up people not wanting to kill you. And Rockefeller and the big Gilded Age guys figured it out because they were making, so yeah, all capital is just crystallized labor. I'm using Marx on value and labor part of it. It's the value theory of labor. I don't know. There's critiques of it, but I think it's a useful concept if it doesn't pan out completely. But there's labor that's, uh, that's uh, let's take standard oil. So they're extracting the oil and the person who, uh, let's say, own, owns the oil pays a certain price for the labor of extracting the oil. And then that oil, based on the demand, is sold at a price. And the one who owns it you know, makes the maximum profit. But he wasn't the one who was actually making the oil. He was the one taking the risk of putting the money up to get the oil fields and start extracting it. And so he extracts the maximum uh, value of labor from it. And then eventually, if enough people get in the same game and his demand isn't the only one, it becomes commodified. And then it's just kind of generating a kind of sustainable profit. Now, when you invent a new technology or you invent a new demand, the first people there make the maximum profit because eventually it'll become commodified. Like the early days of Apple and the iPhone were the most profitable and now, like later on with mobile devices, you have to find new ways to profit from it because it's become commodified and other people are in the game now. So when people have that spike in, in wealth or whatever, they're extracting it from the labor it was used to produce it at the maximum amount. Uh, but that doesn't mean they did the maximum work. They just were the ones who owned it, right? Private property wise. If we structure our whole society private property wise, and that's that's how how it works, right? So is Elon Musk, he's now, you know, uh, Tesla's at $800 billion valuation. It's bigger than any car company in the world due to speculation in 2020. Uh, he made billions off of originally taking the risk with Tesla and scaling it and all that type of stuff. But um, like you were saying, uh, 
you know, is he ever going to use all that, right? <clears throat> and the philanthropy is like saying, you know what? I gained all this more than, let's say, justice demanded in the original. They didn't all share in the profits. I took the maximum amount of it. Now, here's some of it back that I feel like I want to give to you. <clears throat> philanthropy is the demonstration of injustice in, in a different way. You know, it's like people's conscience is like weighing on them like, oh, well, instead of everyone sharing in these profits, I had to take most of them to compete with my competition who was also doing that. And then I knew how to manage that. And now I've acquired all this wealth and now I'm going to give it back. It's a weird situation we've made ourselves into where everyone doesn't profit with it all at once, but they give it back at the end. I don't know. I could be wrong about this stuff too, right? I mean, this is my speculation on it. Crazy. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I think and I, I just think that yeah I think that um, I don't know if we want to wrap up on this but yeah. I think that really the downfall kind of a, of American democracy is is greed like pe- greed literally like you said holds back developing technologies like seriously greed just it destroys everything because people know that that'll work that that will work in America people know okay it's not like somewhere in some poor part in the world where you're just going to become a billionaire. Like in America, that's a very big possibility of happening. If you, you know, if you play everything right, you play all your card, you play all your cards right and you do something like that's a possibility. So automatically your train of thought switches to how can I gain, 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 gain yeah. and use disrespect and greed as part of my game plan. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. It's really, really sad. That's why I've always, you know, I asked my, asked my parents, you know, you guys, okay, you're family practice doctors. You've had a clear path. You know, everything that you've had to do to get where you are now. I don't know. I've just got my bachelor's degree in communications. I could go anywhere. It's not like I just have a set thing to get here to here to here. Like maybe one day I will become a billionaire. I don't know. And I'm, I'm not like, looking forward to that you know it's not something that i'm like having my eye on i don't know mm-hmm. but greed is a very very sad thing which leads to destruction of our world and it's just greed is especially dangerous when it's applied to business you know what i mean you can have greed in anything but when you have greed applied to economics and cash flow and all sorts of business methods. Like that's why we teach business ethics here. You know what I mean? We teach what is actually morally good in business. You can be successful. You can be successful, just as successful as a greedy person. But greed gives you, you a way. Okay. Nope. You don't like so Bridget? Okay. No. Well, look, you the chances of you being a lot more successful by being greedy is probably a lot more than not being greedy. But I think that you still can be very profitable if you're truthful and honest. Successful? But, uh, I I really despise the word. I, I Because it just means what, like how much money in the bank or how much the world values you or whatever in terms of success, you know? I feel like other, like virtuous. No one says... Yeah, nobody in the business yeah, world virtuous. Ha- virtuous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I want to be virtuous. Like, <laughs> but that's not that going to get you on the path to a billion tax. dollars. <laughs> yeah, right. And also, uh, the pursuit of billions of dollars, I think most people see that that isn't 
the pathway of virtue. Okay. Like you go to Wall or Street I want to, or something. Yeah. You go to Wall Street and you say, I want to be virtuous. Success. Not going to sell, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Success has replaced virtue and also like. Desire has happiness, happiness has been co-opted from virtue to success. Happiness is equated with success, which is equated with value, uh, like like uh, yeah, monetary value. And so happiness is. I even saw. Oh my gosh, the most hilarious. Uh, it was a new scientific study finds that uh, happiness is correlated with wealth accumulation or something like that, and like uh, more wealth than thank you more true happiness. happiness? That right, happiness has been and, and the, like as if you could measure happiness too. It's you like, can't so, measure happiness. It, well, they measure it by mo- money because <laughs> happiness, so success, and money are all the same thing. That's so stupid. Well, it's okay, like- though the interesting thing though is that is it necessarily incorrect? Because you you look at a person who struggles, who works forty hours a week to feed a family of seven, and they're eating tomato ketchup packets. I don't know, but. Um, they're not going to be generally more peaceful than a person who has a hundred thousand dollars a year and is comfortable. Yeah. Not even fabulously wealthy, just comfortable. Totally true. Yeah. I I don't think that's necessarily wrong. Right. <clears throat> no, it's it, not. Is is yeah. Is their state, their uh, impoverished, difficult state, due to injustice or due to their ineptitude of work and not being valuable to the market? Okay. And yeah. it's it's a in pretty much every case it's a mixed bag. Now I think in a lot of cases with his family it's probably more on the side of ninety eight percent. There was some injustice. There was some difficulty. They were starting at zero. They made maybe they made a few bad decisions, but um, and they took some risk and or maybe they just aren't valuable to the market in ways that people like. Why is the United? Why did the United States push STEM? as being the big thing, science, technology, engineering, math, rather than liberal arts, thinking type things. Well, if you're content in thinking and not buying stuff, that doesn't, that's not valuable. That's not successful, right? We're in Steubenville at Franciscan University, right? Uh, We're not uh, Harvard Business School or Notre Dame's Business School for for that matter. So is what we're doing valuable? Okay, well, it depends on what you mean by value. If you mean success and money, then not really. I think of what a lot of us are doing is not valuable in cor- according to that. But if you mean in terms of building virtue or faith or whatever, okay, well, we can have that discussion whether Franciscan does that or not to a good degree. And it, yeah. Oh, where was I going with that one? Yeah. Anyways, it's, I, I, I wrote a, uh, for my senior project in high school, I wrote a uh, poem called The Cult of Success. The cult. You wrote a poem for your yeah. senior project? Yeah. Damn. The Cult of Success. It's really cringy now that I read it, right? Anything in high school that I did, the I'm just like success? a cringe. The Cult of Success. That's yeah. that's actually a cool name. I like that. But yeah, there's I mean, got to be a lot of deep down thought into that one. Yeah, it's it's we're all in this common worship of success, right? In some future success. And then we sacrifice a lot of the present you know, to, to that notion, it's all socially agreed on. There are certain icons of success. Those are the billionaires. Those are the people who have made it. There's, uh, the promise of happiness of some utopian future, and there's material progress along the way. 
And then there's also a whole linguistic category set up for it that we've we've created this whole linguistic structure. Uh, there's established norms of work. Yeah, so it, it becomes cultic, you know. And man is a worshiping being. So it's, you're going to worship something. And in a society that structures itself around, at least on the inside of America, the, the average citizen structured on this success notion, um, then it's a competition of who can come out on top. And yeah. So anyways, the question of how do we participate or not participate in that cult of success is very deep and complex. So should we be recording a podcast on a computer that's going to be going up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, going to be put on YouTube, all these major companies that are based on the exploitation of labor around the world and wars and all sorts of other stuff. I mean, we're participating in it by being in America. How much do you participate? How much do you try and change? Um, Is this knowledge somehow really not helpful? Meaning, should most people know this? Should most people not? I mean, this is stepping into like the thick of things, right? At the tail end of two hour podcast, right? How do you measure success? Yeah. And how much should you be a part of this whole thing? You know, Mm -hmm. there's been talk floated around about making farms out in the middle of nowhere that are like self-sustaining. like The Benedict option. Bam! Dropped it on (laughs) us. The Benedict option. I think at the very least, um, I don't think that Christians should invest in the stock market or get involved in it at all. I don't think that it's going to, it leads to anything good. I've always, I mean, ever since I became really aware of it as a practice, I've thought that I just, I can't conceive of an, of a situation in which it ends correctly because the farther you get into it, the more it just becomes about money. You can say you're trying to make yeah. money for your family. Well, yeah, it's all based around money. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> not like you can do a different job that's more stable and secure and get money for your family. But in general, yeah, no, I don't think it's morally permissible. I don't. Because mm. clearly it leads to problems. Like like today. Today. <laughs> we uh, Yeah, we had that Instagram debate last semester too. Which I think revolved around similar issues. Can the United States have an honest monetary system? System, a system of of wealth that is purely honest. Never, it's never yeah. going to happen. And I think the more dishonest they become, and the more they become, you know, increasingly greedy, uh, the more they push young people to like a uh, eat the rich I- idea. You know, wh- whatever form it takes. I think. The term communism or Marxism has been, I think, very mis not miscon not misconstrued. It's just like conservatives on one side think that Marxism is uh, Leninist, uh, 1918 ideological Marxism. It's very different today. It's morphed into different things, and it's still it, it's taken on some of the critiques of. Uh, I think Foucault, obviously, with power structures, had a huge role to play in it. I think uh, the destruction of language and seeing it as just power games plays a role into this kind of new Marxist ideology. But yeah, the idea is destroy the rich, but not to a, not to a utopian future. It's to destroy the rich so I can have it now. 
Whereas the Marxist one is destroy the rich so you can achieve a perfect materialistic utopia. No one believes that anymore. They just want to have it for them now because they believe it's all greedy. And the whole power structure um, taking from Foucault is entirely corrupt all the way throughout it. All the hierarchy, all the everything, it's, it's all messed up. So you just figure out how you can just destroy it. They and eat, take the most. The eat the rich mentality is also, it seems like it's really based on entitlement because, because I, I feel like I deserve money more than Jeff Bezos, which isn't even necessarily true. So that indicates another problem. Like what, who deserves money? Yeah. Who deserves money anyways? I mean, <laughs> like who, who, what do we mean by deserve money? What does that even mean? Why would somebody, why should somebody deserve anything? Like, why do we deserve money? Why do we deserve to exist? Why do we deserve to exist? We don't. Free gift of God. Yeah. Money, money is just a means. And then humanity remains the same, you know? Yeah. Uh, Money is, but money is turning into an end. That's the problem. Oh, yeah. yeah, It is the end. Uh, Money is the end and it's a means to the end. Well, it's become an end, yeah. yeah so i think okay how do we wrap up this glorious but yet uh, we wrap i don't know it's 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 a it's so difficult to to um it's like three words three words it's very taxing to to deal with these type of monetary stuff right three words to wrap this podcast up um don't be fraudulent (laughs) well don't yeah don't don't worship money don't touch the stock market i mean there there's the yeah don't, wa- that too. don't touch the star market. Don't, don't worship money. Don't become don't become an astronaut or a professional athlete <laughs> or an actor. They don't deserve as much money astronaut, as they get. I, I want to go to Mars. Okay, is astronaut with, with I want to become an actor. So <gasps> Okay. All right. All right. Just oh take less than you think you should. Okay. Thank you, Kellen. You're welcome. I will. Good. And that's going to wrap it up for us. <laughs> Helen and Alex yes, show, thank special you. guest Bridget. Thanks for being on the podcast. This Thanks, was guys. this was intense. You're always a, a class guest. We appreciate thank it. You. Thank you very much. Yeah. You're within it. our class of <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, class guest. What, yes. I don't know what that means, but class I team. I'm accepting it. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, Even thanks guys. My brain actress, is but. broken. Oh, yeah. Well, my oh, next time you come on, you need to have avocados from your dad's farm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, that'd be dope. Bring oh, my one gosh. Each so we can just like eat it while yeah. we're podcasting. Do you guys have like avocados like every day? Yeah. Nice. I mean, nice. we can. I can literally walk outside and just have one. But you're like, just do that. Point. Just do, do that. Make, do do it. you make avocado smoothies? No, I've never tried to do that really? before. They're, I've heard that they're good, actually. Right. Yeah. I'm not yeah, going to lie. I didn't even like avocados until probably a year and a half ago. Was Is it more of a smoothie or like a vegetable drink? No, it's. Avocado is cool because with sugar, it, it tastes really good. I've just had good avocado chocolate wow. mousse a lot. Yeah, really a lot know. of people make avocado desserts because it's really versatile. Yeah. Okay, last question before salt, we go. Yeah. Would you rather have salt or gold? <laughs> what kind of question <laughs> is that? To invest in. Would you rather, which one do you think is more valuable, gold or salt? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think salt. Well, I mean, salt is used more. Salt is used more, therefore it's more valuable. But is it? And that's what happened for us. (laughs) 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 Goodbye, all you salty people. We'll see see you you in the next episode. Peace.
If there's a Christian religion, then it's Catholicism or nothing. What politics actually is, art of people living together, orienting one another towards virtue. And the person was like, dude, flirting is the abortion of love. This is the most worthy, most exciting, most adventurous. Drop and, a nuke uh, on the Franciscan bubble. The Kellen and Alex Show. God could have stopped it if he Permissive will. That's right. <laughs> I don't know why God would allow something like that to go through. But then again, God allows God allows you to go to... on and on. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Truth, okay. 